Hello and welcome to a slightly late, but just as good as always, episode 36 of the Random Town Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. And that's aggressive. <laughs> and today's episode is... It's been a uh, long break. It's been one more day than usual. I'm sorry. Anyway, today's episode is uh, called Made from Concentration, and we'll be talking about uh, Brain Age concentration training for 3DS, as well as impressions, uh, or well, giving impressions of that, as well as impressions of Puddle for uh, the Wii U from the eShop. And a whole lot of news, including uh, Nintendo's latest financials and the weird knee-jerk reaction third-party publishers have had to them. Not everything is cheery in the world of the Wii U. We're also going to look at some new game news and uh, a couple other things. So yeah, it's a pretty good episode. Oh, and Hyrule Historia. Got to talk about that. So it's a pretty big episode, pretty good episode. Um, before we start, though, I just want to apologize if I become incoherent at any moment. I literally just stepped off an airplane from Italy and Israel, and I, right now, it's the middle of the night. When we're recording this, it's the middle of the night to my body, but my mind knows it's the middle of the day, so I'm, like, in a weird limbo. But anyway. Yeah, you have to take your personal problems out of the I know, I'm just saying, if I start, like, if my, if I start, like, sounding like my voice is melting, or that, like, I don't know, I don't know, if I can't complete sentences, then that's why. So thank you for your patience. Hopefully, you won't need to use it. With that said, <laughs> with that said, let's just jump. And that's why, by the way, the episode's slightly delayed. So thanks for sticking with us the extra couple days. Um, with that said, let's jump into the news with what's up with Nintendo. Um, like I said, Nintendo released some financials, and uh, when they did, that included Wii U sales figures. And really, it set the ball in motion for pretty much all the news in the past couple weeks. It was really, you could really, one, either directly or indirectly tie a lot of the news to what happened with Nintendo's financials. So, normally we do save this part for the Jason Sales Corner towards the end of the news section, but since it does get that ball rolling, it kind of makes sense to talk about it at the beginning and then sort of roll all the news together into a giant ball of fun information sharing stuff. This is what I meant by I can't complete oh. sentences. <laughs> so, um,. Yeah, so they released their financials for third quarter. And how um, were they? They were mixed. We'll start with Wii U, and then we'll go to 3DS, and then we'll look a little more broadly at how Nintendo as a company. Um, so third quarter, just to be clear, for them, that this is their fiscal year. So their third quarter is what we would consider a traditional fourth quarter of the calendar year. So that would be the holiday season, basically, is what we're talking about. So um, during this period, the Wii U managed to move 3.06 million units... Uh, so that's in November and December since it came out, which, you know, it's not, I don't think it's as good as Nintendo expected. It's not bad by any means, but I don't think it's great. It, it, and the reason I say that is because uh, Nintendo, as a result of the numbers they released, or at least consecutively of the numbers they released, uh, said that they are lowering their sales expectations for the Wii U. Originally, they were hoping to sell 5.5 million systems by March 31st, the end of their fiscal year. They have now dropped it down to 4 million. Which is actually a pretty good, big drop, twenty-seven percent drop. So they're expecting sales to be down. They're expecting twenty-seven percent fewer Wii U's out in the market than they originally were hoping. So even though they're lowering their expectations, is four million still a horrible number? Like no, it's not necessarily horrible. But when you launch a console, you don't want two months into the console's life go, or three months, I guess, go. So remember when we told you we're going to do this well? Well, we're actually only doing this well. It's not quite as good as that well. But it's still, like, it's, you don't want to lower, like, you know, it, it looks bad to have to say we're not selling as well as we hoped, which is basically what they're saying. Mm, sounds so, like doom and doom. I wouldn't go that far, but it is going to sound a little bit 
<laughs> like that throughout. <laughs> it's weird because ep- this episode is gonna be like kind of a roller coaster. It's gonna be like some moments will be doom and gloom, then others will be like, oh, maybe it's not so bad. Hope you have your seatbelts. Yeah, better fasten those seatbelts. It's gonna be a wild ride of talking. So, um, so about that 3.06 million we use. Um, Nintendo's president, Toru Iwata, he spoke with. They have a big investor meeting when they release these financials and all the and they speak to all the investors and the investors can ask, quest- can ask questions. And uh, and we have links to full transcripts of both of those over at the blog post for this podcast at Um But when speaking with them, with these investors, Iwata seemed to have taken a lot of the blame for the Wii U. He said he was like personally responsible. And um, he also was saying that there are two main reasons that they lowered their forecast. One is the delayed games of the launch window. Obviously, we're not getting Pikmin 3, Wonderful 101, Wii Fit U, any of that. Game of Wario. None of that anytime soon. All because of the water. Well, it's not because of him, but he's saying it's his response. He runs the company, so if the company slips, he's... And that's why he brought up that, if he doesn't make this much money, ultimatum. Yeah. No, that might have been a translation. Like, it was implied, but wasn't actually said. Basically, Nintendo has a certain profit goal of one billion... Was it one billion dollars or one billion yen? One billion I mean, yen. No, I think it was dollars. Hang on. I have I have the stat right here. Uh, sorry. This must be captivating to listen to right now. Um... No, it's here. It's here. Pretty sure it was one hundred billion yen or one point one billion dollars. Either or. <laughs> point B, yeah, that's Nintendo's goal for next fiscal year. But um, yeah, he made some comment. He basically alluded to the idea that he may step down if they don't reach that goal. But he didn't outright say. It. He just said like you know it would fall on his shoulders basically. So I think that's what he meant. But regarding the Wii U sales, um, like I said, I chalked it up to the weaker lineup, which means, you know, if there's no games to buy, no, this, why would the system sell the other basically three million it would need, or two and a half million it would need? Because if, no if there's no new games, there's nothing ready to compel people to go buy it. So that's reason number one. And reason number two, and I'm glad Nintendo realizes this, is uh, they've had problems communicating the appeal of the system to a broader audience. Obviously, the people. What? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Obviously, the people listening to this and you know people like us, we get what the system's about. But to the general public, there are so many people that have been like, "Oh, the Wii U," and they're like, "Wait, is that that tablet for the Wii?" It's like, "No, it's not." Or is that handheld? No, it's not. But I saw it at Target, and it had a. It was just a little controller with a screen, like a like a DS. No, there's a console under yeah. the shelf. <laughs> I even know some gamers that like. Only play PS3 and Xbox consoles that still didn't really know what the Wii yeah. was. Like, so yeah, Nintendo did not. If you were like an exclusive, like or kept up with Nintendo, even if you were in the yeah. gaming community, you would probably I mean, use the Exactly, and everyone's been saying for a very long time that Nintendo, or very long time since it came out, that they've kind of botched the marketing. It seems like Nintendo's waking up to this. And uh, Iwata, man. Yeah, I mean Iwata even <laughs> he specifically said that they're planning to have the marketing possibly. as... Like, as soon as now, basically. Like, before the next wave of games in the spring. He released that picture of him with that, um... With the, the, Google, with the Google camera. With, yeah. Allowing for all those Photoshop of... Uh, yeah, yeah, that so actually... That's a good start. That's a pretty great picture, actually. But... The, that doesn't help the broader with, with, with audience. The Photoshop, that's still us. <laughs> with the Photoshop baby Reggie on his back? Yes. Or among many, many others. <laughs> yeah, NeoGAF has a great collection of those uh, Photoshops. They make a lot of great, like, gaming <laughs> Photoshops. But, um... Anyway, so, what was I saying? Yeah, so um, they need to do the marketing. They need to definitely, and he admits they need to step that up. And uh, one thing he said they're not going to do is a price drop. Because a lot of people, when the Wii U started to seem like it wasn't doing as hot, were like, oh, well, the 3DS, you know, they did a price drop, they did the Ambassador games, and then everything was fine. 
that's not an option this time since the Wii U's already being sold at a loss. Nintendo's not even considering it. So unfortunately for us early adopters, that means no free games this time what around. What would they be? I don't know. Yeah. GameCube Virtual Console? That'd be pretty cool. That'd be awesome. It's never going to happen. Uh, unless it gets really bad, then maybe it will. But no um, free NES games. I'm tired of free NES games. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have like three, four versions of Balloon Fight. I have like six copies of Ice Climbers. I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah, I don't one, even think they've released six. I think they've released like three. You have the original, but I still have you have six. one in Brawl, you have I'm one pretty, in the Wii, you have one yeah. on the 3DS. I think, I think I somehow got multiple digital copies of the same <laughs> game. I think my 3DS, when I open it, instead of showing the different icons, it's just a big 3x6 block of Ice Climber icons. That I think that's what happened. But anyway, um, yeah, so... It really, I guess it really, for the Wii U, for Nintendo, really, I guess, boils down to marketing. And, uh, I mean, I, it, they have to do it right, that's the thing. Because they're already trying. Nintendo already announced for America a brand new Wii U Deluxe set. It's, uh, featuring Zombie U. It will be called the Zombie U Deluxe set. Very creative. And basically it's a bundle, just like the normal Deluxe set, but it comes with uh, a Zombie U game disc. It comes with a download copy of Nintendo Land. It comes with a Zombie U art booklet. It comes with a black pro controller and all the usual deluxe set stuff. So, you know, the the stands, the, obviously the gamepad. And it's all for uh, $389.99, which is 30 bucks more. Wait, no, I did that math wrong. 40 bucks more. 50 bucks. 40 bucks more. Yeah. 40 yeah. bucks more than a normal deluxe set. But it's a savings of $70 if you were to buy everything separately. And that art book is priceless because you can't buy that anywhere. But here, <laughs> getting a really discounted game is really cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but the the the, the and thing, you get Zombie U or the controller for free. You could pretend yeah. which one, and you get Nintendo Land thrown in. I mean, Europe had launched with a similar bundle, but in Europe, uh, it didn't come with Nintendo Land and Zombie U. It was only Zombie U, so it's actually a really yeah. good deal. But the thing is, like, it'll be interesting to see how customers interpret or perceive this bundle because you know, on one hand, yeah, it's a super good deal. You're saving seventy dollars, but it's also Forty bucks more. So if you look, if you walk into the store and you see Zombie U bundle, Deluxe bundle, uh, Basic bundle, you, you might go, "Well, why would I want the most expensive one? This middle one looks okay, and that lower one's super cheap." Like, I don't, I don't know exactly who they're targeting with this. The people that are going to be diehard and are going to buy something like this. I feel like are the ones that already bought Wii U's and bought Zombie U. I don't really giving people the benefit of the doubt that they actually maybe. think about the price. Yeah, maybe, but uh, I don't know. Either way, it's you know a step in the right direction that they're doing this marketing. That bundle will be out, I believe, on the 27th of February, so in a couple weeks. But um, I don't know. It's just they have to do something with marketing. They need to like, get demo kiosks out more, or they need to, I don't know, do another tour. They need to have marketing that isn't like flashy and just really spells out what the system is. Like, Stop calling it like a new experience. Stop calling it like the new controller. Just say... The, I mean, they kind of do in the commercials, like the all-new Wii U, but what they really need to say is, the Wii U, a brand-new gaming console from Nintendo with a brand-new controller. Like, they just need to spell it out clear as day. Just kinda, call it next-gen already. Yeah. Like, in like with the... Remember in Europe... some people already aren't. Yeah. Yeah. EA isn't. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> I love how we drop all these little teasers, and then, like, an hour later, people are like, oh, that's what they're talking about, right. But no, um... Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, in, in Europe, for the 3DS, they literally started using the slogan, this is not Nintendo DS, it's Nintendo 3DS, or something like that. Like, they really need to spell it out for people. But e either way, um, I want to also, going back to the investor meeting for a bit, uh, perhaps to give 
more investors more confidence or something. I want to also mention that Nintendo may be releasing currently unannounced games for the Wii U this year. So that's games in addition to Pikmin 3, Wii Fit U, um, presumably Mario Kart and or Mario, Wind Waker HD. They're just going to... They're just going to keep piling them on, I guess. It's a lot of games. It is. Like, if they... I mean, at this point... And then you have Wonderful 101 and Bayonetta 2. Like, it's it's shaping up to be a big lineup. Um, But it's just nice to hear that Nintendo still has a lot more in the the works. And they're not just kind of, like, throwing everything out at once and then they're going to have a big gap. Actually, no, it does sound like they're throwing everything out at once. Yeah, sorry. It does sound like that. And then, like, maybe the next two or three years we're probably going to get... I don't know. I mean, there's still that Zelda in the future. There's the new Zelda. There's Retro Studios game. There's presumably Monster Games. The Excite Bots people, Excite Truck, Excite Bots. They're presumably making some something for Nintendo. They seem oh, pretty I guess close. It's Smash Bros. Then there's Monolith X, Monolith Soft X. Oh, yeah, there's yeah. next Smash Bros. Like you said. Sorry, it's still yeah. Stuff. There's Wii Party Two. Although that comes out this year, but man, why am I already like thinking about it? They're gonna have enough games for the next five I know, years. Yeah, like, we we've only had the month, like the game. Uh, we've only had the system yeah. for three months. I know. But that's what you gotta do when you're, like, us. Especially with this, like, <laughs> Sony in February 20 announcement coming up. Yeah, PlayStation 4. It's confirmed. That's what's gonna be revealed. PlayStation 4. Okay. Which means, by the way, next episode, we're gonna probably talk about it in, in the context of what well, does it mean. we still be Nintendo What does it mean? No, no, no. Like, what does it mean for the Wii U? Because it's a big deal. And then the new Xbox is Well, Jason returns Wii U the moment they reveal no, it. No, I don't return anything. But um, I did mention Pikmin 3, and I wanted to touch on this super quick. Um, I mentioned it when I was listening off what's coming out this year. And Miyamoto, at that investor meeting, during the Q&A, someone asked him, what's up with Pikmin 3? In, you know, fancier wording. And uh, he did mention a previously unannounced feature, and that is off-TV play. So Pikmin 3, you can either use Wiimote Nunchuck for gyro control on the TV, or you can use the dual sticks of the gamepad to play off-TV. Um, he also confirmed something that I think we've talked about on the podcast before, Maybe more with the context of 3DS and the Wii U, but the idea that not every feature of a Nintendo console has to be used in every single game. So in this case, someone asked him, like, what, what is there asymmetric gameplay for Pikmin 3? And he basically said no, because there's no need for that. This game's about the HD graphics, and, you know, you have the map on the second screen if you want, but really it's the HD experience that we're hyping for this game. Yeah, but then that's also what people end up using against it. It's like, oh, why bother with the Wii U? It's not yeah. going to do anything... Super amazing. Yeah, that, blah, blah, blah. it's, a, it's like, a weird catch twenty two. Played the game. It's a catch twenty two. Nintendo stuck, and I agree. It's like New Super Mario Brothers two had on three DS had three D, but it was barely there. There was no reason it had to be on the three DS versus the DS versus whatever. Yeah. Same with New Super Mario Brothers U. There's not really a Wii U. Fe- I mean, Miiverse, which Pikmin three also has, but that could be on any Nintendo system really, and it will be in the future. It's 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 a standard. <laughs> so they should have just waited on Mario. Yeah, you know, you should just wait for the Wii X or the. Wait, is that what's next in the alphabet? V. Wee V. Wee V. Wee V. Yeah, I like to read that. Oh! Oh no, it's not the fifth Wii. That'd be perfect if it was Wee V and it was the fifth Wii. It's only the third Wii. Fourth Wii if you count the Wii Mini. Anyway, <laughs> this is what I meant, by the way, but I might get like kind of off track and delusional. Um, yeah, so that's what's up with the uh, Wii U in terms of the numbers and what Nintendo's saying they're doing to address it. So they're going to beef up marketing, they have new bundles, they're going to get more games than we've ever, ever expected. Looking over, looking over to the handheld side of things, uh, the 3DS is faring much better than in terms of doom and gloom scenarios. Uh, the 3DS managed to sell 12.71 million systems since the start of the fiscal year in April, which brings its life-to-date sales to just about 30 million units worldwide, which is pretty good. Um, Nintendo was hoping that it would hit 17.5 million units sold from last April through this coming March, 
but they're now scaling that back ever so slightly to 15 million. And uh, they say this is primarily due to weaker sales in the West since, uh, as we've discussed in previous episodes, the 3DS is doing insanely well. It's, as the saying goes, selling like hotcakes in Japan, but in the West, it's not quite doing as well. And uh, I want to say in that investor meeting that it might be uh, due to a lack of really big hit tiles that can help drive sales in North America and Europe. Because in Japan, you've got Monster Hunter, you've got Animal Crossing, you've obviously got the Mario games, you've got... Uh, well, I mean, we're going to get you, those two. Yeah, we're going to get those two, but they have a more rapid yeah. fire. And Monster Hunter is nowhere near as big in America, and Animal Crossing's not as big either. It's big, but not as big by yeah. any means. Yeah. But, um... Well, what do we... Uh, so, what were you going to say? like, what do we want? Well, not we per se, because yeah. we're going to buy it no matter what, but... Right. I mean... Well, here's what he said they're going to try and do. I mean, this might answer your question, maybe. Uh, I mean, he was saying that up till now, the system that really the 3DS has been like a Mario system in the sense that the games that have done super well in the States and the ones that Nintendo's really pushed are 3D Land, New Super Mario Bros. 2, uh, Paper Mario Sticker Star, and I guess to a lesser extent Mario Kart 7. And Nintendo's hoping to change that this year by broadening the selection of games. And they're already starting to. I mean, we have Brain Age and Fire Emblem now. We have Animal Crossing before summer. So, you know, they're going in that direction. And this is literally how he worded it. He wants the system to be more than a handheld device just to play the Mario series. That's his words, not mine. He literally is like, we need happened, it to though. be more than a Mario machine. I mean, what were the best-selling games on the normal DS, the original? The uh, Mario, Mario. Mario, Pokemon, Mario Kart. And the original DS Pass sold. Oh, like, well, no, no. DS, crazy, right? DS had an advantage of it had the casual stuff. So you got Nintendogs, you got Brain Age, you had... Well, it brought, it had touch too. generations. Yeah, but it had it when it was fresh and actually selling. Nintendogs did not sell well on 3DS. Brain Age, Concentration Training has zero marketing push. Have you noticed that? Yeah, it just came out. It just, like, <laughs> hit. Like, we'll be talking about it later, because it, in full detail, obviously, that's the name, the episode's named after it. But, yeah, it like, did not. Like, it didn't not, even know it came out. There you got the no email, like, oh, whoa, game's out already? By the way, how clever was that email? Nintendo's like, do you check your email too much? In an email. Oh. It's like, whoa. It, like, it, it knows I'm in my inbox. What? But, no, it, um... What was I going to say? Uh, yeah, it it has no... It's weird because the original Brain Age, they hyped like crazy. It huge ad campaign. It's part is the kickoff of Touch Generations, this whole new type of game for casual gamers. This time around, they just kind of shoved it out the door quietly. Right. Maybe they'll pump up the marketing in a few weeks, but it just Marketing seems, is expensive. Yeah, but they have to do <laughs> it to sell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, so to help... Oh, I was saying that to help Nintendo have a 3DS in the West that's more than just a Mario machine. They're, got, they're planning to release 10 first-party games this year. Uh, although he didn't say if that's full retail games, you know, like package software that you could obviously download to, or like niche eShop tiles like Dylan's Roaring Western or Sakurai Samurai. He didn't say if the 10 is both or all full retail or all, you know. So it, it might he might have said that, but it might be skewed slightly. Yeah. Well, it's not as much as you think, because if you look at last year... I mean, from August till December, we had... Let me know if I'm forgetting any. Music Mario Bros. 2, Style Savvy Trendsetters, Art Academy, um, Paper Mario, Sticker Star. Did I say four or five there? I said four, right? Uh, you forgot. <laughs> okay. Music Mario Bros. 2, Style Savvy, Art Academy, Paper Mario, Sticker Star, uh -huh. Professor Layton. That's five in three months. Oh, wow. So ten in a year is not that insane. No, it's not. But it's, I mean, it's Much a lot, it's expected. a lot, but it isn't, because I assume he means games, considering he didn't say including what we already, so that's excluding, I would imagine, Animal Crossing, Fire Emblem, uh, Everything Age. we already know about, essentially. 
Luigi's Mansion. Those the, are probably cool. Well, I don't know. He didn't Does it count Professor Layton and the Azran or Azran? You know, on second thought, I take that back. It might include those. If you add in... Actually, if, yeah. Let's say he. Let's say it's Professor Layton, the one you were just mentioning. Whatever the subtitle was. Uh, the Azran something. Yeah. Uh, that. Fire Emblem. Brain Age. Uh, Animal Crossing. Pokemon X and Y, which could arguably be two games. Uh, so we're at six already. Luigi's Mansion, seven. So we're at three unannounced games. So Harmonite? depending on how you harmonize, yeah, okay, if you count eShop, let's not count eShop for this though. So that's seven out of ten right there. So while that sounds, now that I think about it, while that sounds impressive, hopefully he means unreleased games because we already know seven. Although they're big games, I mean, Pokemon X and Y is gonna be huge. Luigi's Mansion is gonna be the big spring game for Nintendo. So yeah, I mean, if Pokemon but, doesn't sell, they might as well just give up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if Pokemon doesn't sell, just wave the white flag and start making games for PS4 and. Xbox Next, Xbox Durango, Xbox 720, Xbox Future, Next Box. There we go. Um, one other thing, I'm saying, yeah, sorry, these pauses are so much bigger than usual. <laughs> it's hard, I, I don't know. Anyway, um, one other thing he mentioned is they want to get people to start taking their 3DSs out with them more, presumably to show them off to other people. So as more, such, but I already take it everywhere. I, I know, gotta take yeah. it out more. Well, now you have to like. I don't know. Just <laughs> embed it in your body somehow so it never leaves your side. Oh. Yeah, that's what they want you to do. But to do this, to help do this, they're going to start releasing more Street Pass related content and features for the 3DS this year. So maybe that means... I hope that means more than just new puzzles. I'm hoping that means uh, yeah, well, Find the, Me 3 well, or a whole nice, new game. Not, I feel like they haven't been giving me the same incentive that they did Yeah, like three months ago. Yeah, it'd be great if they did a whole new game kind of like Find Me but in a different genre. Yeah, like like imagine if they did like a punch out esque thing except it's like all the Mies you encounter oh. well something I don't know cause I, I mean yeah that one might not cause work. I haven't even finished find, I still haven't finished Find Me but I'm not as compelled to check it at all. I'm not as compelled either I got stuck maybe in like it. once in a while yeah I got kind of stuck and it's just like eh but uh one other thing I keep saying one other thing I want to also said that um in addition to Nintendo's first party games, because obviously the 3DS hits aren't just what Nintendo produces. For example, Monster Hunter, huge in Japan, that's Capcom. Dragon Quest, huge in Japan, that's Square Enix. So Nintendo would like, ideally, for third parties to do that here in the States to help, you know, drum up hits, hits for the system. But uh, I want to know that Western third parties really aren't strongly compelled to do so. They're more interested in making home console blockbusters, which, you know, we, we see that all the time. You know, how many times does Activision announce a brand new high-profile game for a handheld? Never. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, to, to compensate for that, Nintendo's going to actually start working with Japanese third parties to help bring their game stateside. And uh, I want to give the example of the Professor Layton series, which Nintendo published in America and Europe themselves, but it's made by Level 5, and in Japan it's published by Level 5. So hopefully that means some cool games that we wouldn't see normally will actually come stateside. I know a lot of people have wanted bravery, bravery default. I thought it was bravely default. Is it bravely default? Sure bravely yeah, you're right. Default. Bravely default. Uh, a lot of people want that come stateside. I see Nintendo trying to push that. Maybe you know it has the right up after the success of Xenoblade and Last Story. The audience they have proven the audience is there. Yeah, billions have wanted just confirmation of Layton vs. Phoenix. Hmm? Yes, I know. I know. Trillions have, <laughs> and they're all named Jose, coincidentally, and they're all happen to be right here. No, actually, that well, that one was confirmed. It's announced. I thought for the U.S. I thought I had some sort of it's coming sort of thing. Like it's just that it has an official English I think, name. Yeah, I no, I think level five. Didn't they do a poll on their Facebook page where they're like, 
Hey guys, what game were you most excited about for 2013? This was back in 2012, and Leighton was on. Leighton versus Phoenix was on the list. Uh, I just no, I haven't heard an official. Yeah, no, they haven't announced any details, but yeah, something like that, or maybe even. I mean, Ace Attorney Five was still more official than Leighton versus. Yeah, Phoenix. that's true. That's true. But yeah, so hopefully Nintendo really brings some tiles that we wouldn't normally see over here, over here, because that would be that would be nice. Um, so that's a look at the 3DS and. What Nintendo's doing to fix that because they lowered expectations, but hopefully between more first-party games and more third-party uh, assistance, they'll be able to beef up those sales to make it more than just. I love how they call it a Mario machine and make it more than just a Mario machine. So that's kind of a lot of like, oh no, the systems aren't doing well. But there was an upside to the financials, and we kind of touched on this when you were talking about the one hundred billion yen bet, basically, that I want to make oh. for the company. And that's that Nintendo actually returned to profitability uh, after, you know, last year's rather but rocky they're period. they're still selling at a loss. What? Wait, what? They returned to profitability, but they're still selling at a loss. They're profitable. Um. Wait, where are you? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Let me... Yes, they're profitable. They, as a company, are profitable. The Wii U itself, they lose money on each system, but overall, they're still making money as a, as a whole. Is that what you meant? Like the Wii U's no, yeah, idle loss? You, you, yeah. Wait, is that what you meant? Yeah, Am I responding yeah. to the right thing? Okay. Yeah. yeah um, so, for that nine-month period of this fiscal year thus far, from April 1st to the 31st of December, Nintendo had net profits of 14.5 billion yen, which is $159 million. And to give you a comparison, last year when they had their first loss in who knows how long, that loss was $48 billion. And now to make a profit of $14.5 billion. So that's a pretty decent turnaround. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they made back, they like... get new cushions for the lounge. Exactly, yeah. Um, but N- Nintendo, this actually addresses what you were saying. Nintendo actually thinks they could have made more profit if they weren't selling the Wii U at a loss. Because no, they're no, basically... No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they were saying that because that, like, you know, some of their other uh, stats are down because they were losing money per Wii U, but overall they were still profitable. And as you mentioned, or as we discussed earlier, Iwa does want next year for Nintendo to have a target of 100 billion yen, or 1.1 billion dollars. this year? Because this year's almost over, and they already know it can't happen. He's saying starting, he's saying they're learning from their mistakes now, and then for next, for April 2013 through March 2014, they're going to be firing on all cylinders, fixing all their mistakes they just made, and they're going to make a 100 billion oh, yen. That's what he says. Hopefully it's not too late by then. We'll see. Ugh. It might already be, but before we get to that, software. We mentioned hardware. Software actually has been pretty good for Nintendo. Uh, 11.69 million Wii U games were sold in November and December. That means there's an attach rate of 3.82 games per system, which is pretty good. You know, that's almost four games per system, which is a nice number. However, uh, Nintendo Land, the bundled Nintendo Land, is included in there. So it's a little skewed. It's not an accurate number. Yeah, it's like two. Which is still not... Not bad, yeah. no. Um, and if you're... It's another uh, hundred bucks people are spending. So. Yeah, exactly. A hundred bucks for Nintendo that they can actually keep profit off of because they're not selling games at a loss. And speaking of the games, uh, Nintendo's two big first-party games for the Wii U uh, each have sold two million. Nintendo lands at 2.33 million, although once again, that does include the bundled. And uh, New Super Mario Bros. U is at 2.01 million. Wow. So there's that. On the 3DS and DS software side, just some quick milestones that may be of interest. You know, if there's a... For everyone listening, maybe there's a game you're particularly curious about, because here comes a rundown. So, Pokemon <laughs> Pokemon Black and White 2 has sold 7.63 million units to date. 
New Super Mario Brothers 2 is at four point or sorry, five point nine six million to date. Animal Crossing New Leaf sold two point seven three million, which is actually insane if you consider it's only been out in Japan for like a couple months and it's only in Japan. <laughs> like it sold almost three million in Japan alone. Versus say New Super Mario Bros. 2, which I just mentioned, sold about 6 million worldwide. So half of New Super Mario Bros. 2 worldwide was sold in Japan in like two months for one game. So that happened. Um, there's also... Uh, too Mar- bad that's a small population. What? I said too bad that's a small population. Japan? Yeah, otherwise the sales would be through the roof. If, if you like just extrapolated Japan um, to be the size of the U.S. Why do they have to be Animal Crossing would sell so like 50 million. Hmm? I said why do they have to be dependent on us by so much? Well, I mean, I know why, but... Yeah. They being Nintendo, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, because well, we have yeah, the money. Well, not just Nintendo, just Eastern development, developing games. Yeah, because yeah. we have the population with the money. Or, well, they have money, but we have the bigger population, so more money. Overall. Yeah. Um. Anyway, back to milestones. Uh, Mario Kart 7 sold 7.7 million units. What a coincidence. And uh, Mario Tennis Open. Here's some smaller ones I didn't expect Nintendo to release. Mario Tennis Open actually sold managed to pass a million. It sold uh, 1.07 million, which is and isn't surprising like on the one hand it's a mario game so you expect high sales but on the other hand mario tennis feels more niche than any of the other games in a way so i'm I'm kind of surprised it passed a million paper mario sticker star which has only been out for a few months has sold 1.83 million to date and this isn't a loyal game at all uh super mario 3d land is the top seller for the 3ds 12.71 million units to date well so those are some sales it's a lot of a lot of numbers. Better, and here's more numbers. One of the Street Pass was a lot better than... Yeah, yeah. Take advantage of all those people. Yeah. Yeah, if only there was more Street... Yeah, exactly. If there's more than just a little, like, level popping up in 3D land. And they could Street Pass all 13 million people. Yep. Yep. Uh, and since we can't forget Nintendo's old systems, really quick. Uh, the DS, since it launched way back in 2004, has now sold 153 million units worldwide. Which is pretty big. And it is the fastest selling system, or best selling, best selling. I think it's the best selling system now. I think it passed PS2. Really? I might be wrong. The like that's every off. skew of the original DS. If you add all the DSs together, it's at 153 million. But I think PS2 is less than. I might be wrong. PS2 might be at 170. I'm not sure. But um, Wii sales are very close to 100 million. They're currently at 99.38 million. So basically, they have 62,000 years to. Would I do that math right? Yeah, 62,000 to go. Yeah. And they'll hit 100 million, which is a big milestone. So that is Nintendo's financials. But like I said, the financials kind of snowballed a whole bunch of other things. And there's the fallout from the financials. It's not so much the financials. I mean, the companies that the fallout that I'm about to describe, you know, the companies that made this fallout happen, they knew internally, through their own estimates how the Wii U was performing. So these decisions were not necessarily made because Nintendo said we sold 3.06 million, but it was made because those sales happened. Does that, does that make, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't the announcement that made this happen, it was the fact that it actually happened that made it happen. It just happened, they just happened to coincide very closely. So it was justified. Yeah. Oh. Wait, what? What's justified? Well, you said because they happened because it really did happen, not because the announcement made it happen. That, that made sense what I said, right? Why don't I say... I just repeated third, what you said. Yeah, let me, let me restart. The third parties... The third party... The news of one... The fallout of the Wii U sales happened to coincide with Nintendo's announcement of the Wii U sales. But I think that it would have happened regard, if Nintendo released the numbers publicly or not because these third parties have their own internal tracking. They have access to numbers. 
I'm just saying it's it they co- coincide rather nicely, at least for the narrative we're setting up in this episode. But um, yeah, just like the 3ds, way back. Yeah, then. exactly. And then the 3ds turned around, which means hopefully the Wii U can too. But in the meantime, we got some pretty bad fallout in the sense that uh, you know there's definitely been a dent in the confidence of the Wii U. Uh, third parties are not as keen, don't seem to be as keen about supporting it. The biggest trend that seems to be happening is game exclusives are jumping ship. So, uh, you know, tiles that up till now were Wii U only and were, you know, part of the Wii U experience are now no longer Wii U only or key to the Wii U experience. Most notably, by far most notably, is Rayman Legends. It was going to come out in two weeks. It was going to be out by the end of this month. It was going to be out literally in like 14 days, 15 days. It's going to be my next reason to like use the Wii U. So it, I mean, there's other reasons, well, but still, like, that's, yeah. like, I mean, it's not the same as an actual, like, retail big game. Yeah, I agree. And here's what happened. Yeah, it is a downer. So here's what happened is Ubisoft decided, hey, we're going to release it on PS3 and 360, which is great. You know, people have orig- bought Rayman Origins on those systems. They should be able to play the sequel if they want. However, to match that, they decided to delay the already finished Wii U version... By seven months, and it'll now launch on all three systems at once. So, we're going to see a simultaneous September launch. The Wii U-specific features in the Wii U version of Rayman Legends will stay exclusive to Wii U. The Murphy-based gameplay, the asymmetric gameplay, the co-op where one person's on the gamepad and one is on the TV. That isn't changing. That's only going to be on Wii U. Uh, the PS3 and 360 versions will see co-op more in line with or with Rayman Origins, where you just have multiple characters. Kind of like New Super Mario Bros. series. But the fact that this is happening is very strange. Ubisoft says that, you know, this it was because of fan requests. People wanted it on Xbox and PlayStation, so we put it on Xbox and PlayStation. Well, of course they're going to want it no matter what. But quite frankly, I don't think it they was... They lied. Essentially lied. Yeah, because you know what? It's not that. It's financial reasons. Yeah, well. The Wii U didn't sell as well as they hoped, and they're hedging their bets and saying, you know what? We think we're going to sell more across multiple platforms if we launch at once than if we just sell it on Wii U when there's no games and everyone's going to buy it because they have nothing to play. Like, you'd think well, they would well, go... they were supposed to be the cure. They are supposed to be the cure. They Think about how much Nintendo gave them in terms of publicity. It was the only game you could demo on the Wii U before it came out. And it's still the only game you could demo on the Wii U in stores. Like, in the kiosks. Mm. It was in the E3 press conference. I mean, it was competing with it was nothing. In, it was competing like, with nothing. It had it had a whole two month. Like if you're going to buy a Wii U, like it. I can guarantee you, we probably pick it up. Yeah, people bought the Wii U for this game. It was a launch game that then got slightly delayed and became a launch window game. But the deal was, it was a launch title. It was the platformer. We before the Wii U came out, were saying how it's probably going to be better than Mario U. Yeah, it still probably will. But in seven months from now, we're going to have so many games to play. That it's going to get lost in the shuffle, probably. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still going to get it, but there's a lot of people who are going to go, well, let's see. Do I want Zelda H- or Wind Waker HD, Pikmin 3, or Rayman or, or Rayman Legends? And they have to choose. Right now, they have that 60 bucks ready to plop down for Rayman. Yeah, I can't really think of an any better time than now. Yeah, not only that, but in September, when it launches on PS3 and 360, it's going head-to-head with Grand Theft Auto V on those systems. If someone's sitting... In a GameStop, well, and they pick the up a box of Grand Theft Auto. It's not the same. Yeah, but if someone, if there's a gamer, like a gamer gamer, and they walk into a store, and they see Grand Theft Auto Five and they see Rayman, which one do you think they're going to go, oh, that's the must-have game right now? It's probably going to be Grand Theft Auto. That's the one that's got the hype. Yeah. You, don't, you don't launch a game that, the game didn't sell that. Rayman Origins was not a system, was not a big seller. 
I think it sold like 50,000 or something like that. But Nintendo, Ubisoft has faith in the brand and, you know, they see the fit with Nintendo platforms and it sold well there, so they're going to do it. But it sold 50,000 in its launch month, I should say, not total. It sold more total. So if you take that low number and then you put Grand Theft Auto right next to it, you're asking for trouble. So, I mean, I I guess I kind of get why Ubisoft must have thought of this, right? I mean, oh, I'm sure they did. Ubi, I mean, it makes some sense. Like, Ubisoft is probably thinking, well, why release it now and do marketing for it now, only to then release it again in September and have to do a whole second wave of marketing, where you could do one wave in September. Also, there's some rumors going around that uh, Microsoft might have a stipulation for Xbox 360 games that after multi-platform, they have to release on all systems concurrently. So, which if you think about it, makes some sense. Is there ever a P- is there ever a game on PS3 that comes to Xbox 360 with the exact same content at a later mm, date? No, just the other way it's, around. Yeah, it's either the other way around or they have to add content to the 360 version. Look mm. at like Metal Gear. When they ported it over, it has extra stuff. Wait, Metal Gear? Yeah, when they brought over Metal Gear, what was it, 4? Not 4. They brought over a Metal Gear to 360, or maybe it was original Xbox when they brought... Oh. There's a Metal Gear on Xbox. Yes, I'm positive about this, but they had to add extra content. It might be original Xbox, but the point still stands. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm checking this. You're giving me a weird look. I am checking this. I mean, you're probably right, but I, I don't know. I feel like I would heard about it. I'm checking. Yeah. I'm checking. I wish someone, I wish somehow our listeners could shout at us right now and be like, yes or no, just so I don't have to like Google this while everyone's <laughs> looking. Well, there's the Metal Gear Solid HD collection. That's on both? Yeah. But it came out at the same time on both. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. You might be right. Uh, no, Metal Gear Solid 3 was on Xbox. Hit Xbox at a later date. Oh. Huh. Yeah. But anyway, they added stuff to that, I'm pretty sure. But um, So some people are speculating that might be why Ubisoft is doing this, because they want to put it on 360, because they think the audience is there. So, um, as such, you have to delay it all. Xbox is being sold. But I don't think that's what it is. I really, I really don't think that's what it is, because um, you could argue it's a different game, because the Wii U version has different has the co-op, and the others don't. So they are separate. So you could get, you, you know, you could find a loophole if you want to. But either way, it, the, the whole situation is... wouldn't the good reviews and all the stuff from the Wii U version kind of be... Kind of help it, yeah. It's, it's really weird. And they, it was so clear and in the open right now. They could just put it out there and it would have sold. Like, I, I really don't get it. And even weirder... Or you could just put it out there and not market it at all. And just wait yeah, till November to market everything. Yeah, and then the people, that, the early adopters that have... Yeah, the people that know about it would just get it and like, then later... The strangest thing to me about this is it's done. It's physically done. Like, there was a anonymous message from a developer of the game who left the Ubisoft at the end of January when development finished. And he was saying that the decision was not made... This decision was not from the development team. It was from the higher-ups, you know, the execs. Yeah, for sure it wouldn't be from the development team. Yeah. And, yeah, it wouldn't make sense, right? They would just want to give you the game. And he went on to say that the team was actually working nonstop to get the game out by this February release. They, the, the only reason it was even delayed from the launch day launch, the launch day release on November 18th to now was because the team needed the time to finish the game because they were making all the demos. They were, you know, they had the E3 demo. They had the demo they released with the Wii U. All that they were doing while building the game concurrently. And they worked for about six months with over you know crazy overtime not seeing their families just to get the game out by february and then when the game was done ubisoft decided to sit on it for seven months so not only did they kind of screw over us fans but they also really screwed over the developers by making them pull these incredibly horrible hours and whatnot just to have it sit there so it's really a lose-lose in terms of like the delay like there's no reason to be doing this this is our industry it yeah it's it's 
really lame. I know, like, we need enough problems right now. Yeah, and if you're thinking, like, oh, well, Mr. Anonymous Developer, he may be making this up. An Ubisoft rep, rep confirmed that the only reason it's delayed is for the multi-platform launch. They basically were like, yeah, the game's done. We're just holding like, holding on to it. Which is so mind-boggling, stu- mind-bogglingly stupid, but whatever. I and mean, we're not the only one, I, I'm not, I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I'm not the only one that thinks this is absolutely insane. No, yeah, it's... It's just, like, dumb. Like, why would you... Anyway, I sound very passionate about this. Now, um, there's actually been an even a ridiculously big outcry. Only because I was just going to pick up the game just because I was interested in it. Yeah. And not, like, a really big fan of the game. But it does still bother me enough that it's, like... I'm just yeah. going to say, I was so, like, prepped to buy this game that I had a witty title for the episode in my head already. It was going to be episode blah, 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 The Stuff of Legends. Rayman Legends. But now I can't even do that because in September it's going to be like Wind Waker or something and now I have to be like Waking the Wind or some stupid... <laughs> I don't know. But point B. Wind Waking and then you can put Wakeboarder, like Link Wakeboarding. Oh man, that's, that takes some crazy photoshopping skills but I, I'll do it. Maybe. <laughs> but no, it's just like... You heard it here, folks. Yep. No, it's just... Ah, I don't know. This thing's so stupid. And I'm not the only one that thinks this. There's been an insanely big outcry from fans. Facebook, Twitter, Meverse, specifically the Uplay community. There's a video on YouTube, 17 minutes of just scrolling through the Uplay community and reading comments, like, hashtag free Rayman, and, like, you know, Ubisoft. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's also a petition out. Yeah, there's a petition. It's it's huge. And Ubisoft, you know, their Facebook, there's some very colorful language on Ubisoft's Facebook. Ubisoft respond, has responded. They're trying to turn, uh, you know, trying to turn things around a little and get people to calm down by promising that we, 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 the Wii U owners, will be getting a second exclusive demo of Rayman Legends to tide us over until, or to hold us over until September. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, a 15-minute demo is what we really want, not a game yeah, that we're supposed to get into. Half an hour? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, half an hour. I mean, Maybe if they just release demos every six levels, I mean, we'll get like should, a fifth of the game. They should release demos every uh, six weeks, and by September, we'll have the whole game. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's just this this situation is so crazy, and I mean, really, what it boils down to I think is another demo is a bad idea, though. Another demo is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. I think they should. I, just I, give I, I don't whole think game. I want to play more of the game. Yeah, I would just want the game. game. I mean, I'm, I know I'm gonna download the demo. Because I mean, play I feel like but... three full levels is already more than enough. Yeah. To like convince me that I want to buy the game. And if I'm playing more than that, I'm gonna not really enjoy playing those levels again when I get the I actual agree. game. I'm just gonna be like, I already did these. Yeah, they're just doing. I already did these six. I'm just running. And I find it so weird. That they're like, oh man, there's so many angry gamers. What should we do? We'll give them three levels. And hopefully that. We're assuming it's three levels and a video. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And hopefully that lasts seven months. I don't think... No, I, I don't like that idea. But, um, I mean, I do kind of understand where they're coming from. If you look strictly from a business sense, the Wii U is underperforming. This is a very big title for Ubisoft. They're expecting sales. To tell their investors, we're going to put it on the, weaker, on the system with the weaker audience and hope that it sells to the, like, the higher percentage of those people and putting on multiple systems and letting it sell a little less per system but still more overall... Like, it makes sense to do the multi-platform. It's just, it really sucks. It's a bit of a bait-and-switch, the way they've been hyping it, and then to suddenly pull the rug out from under it two weeks in advance. Has this ever happened before? Not quite like this, no. I don't think they've ever... I mean, there's been stuff like Gears of War 3 on Xbox was delayed, but that was well before it was supposed to come out. I don't think there's ever been a situation where it's like, hey, guys, we have a done game. It's good to go. But we want to make some versions for other systems so we can sell it. That'd be like if they delayed Assassin's Creed 3, which launched in October... For the Wii U launched, so the Wii U wasn't left out when it launched with its version in November. Yeah. Like, no one does that. It's just, it's so bizarre. 
And it, really, we get the opposite of this. This is the first time this has been no, flipped. Two weeks, two, seven months. That's horrible. Yeah, but we've had we've had like a flip of this. There's so many games, Aliens, Colonial Marines comes to mind, that will come out on other systems first and then come to Nintendo systems later. And now we have games that are supposed to come to Nintendo systems first, but then just disappear and then come out with the others later. Mm. It's, we can't have anything. It sucks to be Nintendo fans sometimes. But, um... It is nice to... It is, one reassuring thing, though, is Ubisoft... It's like they're punishing us for having a Wii U. Basically. <laughs> I like to think that, yeah. Well, I mean, and this is this is what I meant by the fallout from the sales. Like, Nintendo didn't have to announce these numbers. Fact of the matter was, Ubisoft saw the Wii U was underperforming, and they said, no, we're not, we're not doing this, and backed away. But they're not backing away completely. They actually uh, do plan to keep offering more games for the Wii U, and... Uh, they're most likely not going to be exclusive, which isn't surprising. But Ubisoft has, was saying to investors, they had their financial briefing recently as well, well and they are telling investors that uh, the days of console exclusives are pretty much done. Because, you know, it's a big investment. You want to get to as many platforms as possible. So the smaller titles, downloadable titles on like eShop or PSN or XBLA, those might still exist. From Ubi- like Ubisoft will publish those, but if you're talking retail game, it's probably going to be on every system and under the sun. Yeah, Which fine. makes sense. Yeah, that's fine with me. I mean, but it's just interesting that they're doing that. They're really shying away from. Exclusive. I mean, if they're saying that now, then I guess that means we can expect. I don't know. I guess like Far Cry Four on all consoles. I mean, Hopefully, is or this, like, is it saying the day of consoles exclusive are done? Maybe that means Watch Dogs will come to Wii U. Hey Ubisoft, did you hear me? They'll Bring set... Watch Dogs to Wii U. <laughs> Hold on, let me talk to Ubisoft. They only set themselves up for more disappointing if they. Yeah, um, I'm just I'm just gonna talk to Ubisoft for a quick second. Hi Ubi, like, we're, we're on a first name basis. You see. Hi, Ubi. Watch Dogs. It uses a cell phone. A cell phone's like a tablet. The gamepad's like a tablet. The gamepad's like a cell phone. The gamepad is Watch Dogs. Bring it to Wii U. Sincerely yours, Jason. That's my letter to Ubisoft. My open letter. My open verbal letter. My voicemail to Ubisoft, if you will. Even more fitting, because the game uses voicemails. Ah, it's so perfect. Anyway, uh, one there is one cryptic contact that Ubisoft made during that financial briefing they had which i thought was worth mentioning they and this really underscores that they're not happy with the wii u situation their ceo said very very strange con nintendo will make the necessary changes to the machine to make sure that it continues to grow fast on the market basically he's like well this is sucking so nintendo's gonna turn it around or well i hope <laughs> if they don't well maybe we won't be there anymore like you know that's sort of like there's definitely some undertones to that like you don't just like you don't just say like continues to grow necessary changes to grow fast on the market. That implies yeah. there's a problem, yeah. which there kind of is. But hopefully Nintendo does, or else Ubisoft might bail. And they were the biggest supporter of the system since day one. Arguably a better supporter than Nintendo itself. I mean, Zombie U, Rayman, both of those really use the controller in different ways. Yeah, I mean, you could test the Zombie U. You like that game a lot, right? Yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. Ubisoft. Yeah, Ubisoft is so crazy. Those crazy French. No offense, French people. Yeah, I never had a reason to think of them in a negative light. No, but I was just making it. Like, people joke about the French being crazy. But French people, I I love you. I have been in your country, and it is quite nice. This was by nice 13, though. (laughs) You keep the streets clean now. I haven't been there. I don't know. You have the Eiffel Tower. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) Uh, so that's one game from the fall. Another game that's kind of part of the fallout is uh, Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge is being ported to the 360 and PS3. And it's hitting 
as soon as April, actually. Uh, in April, in fact. Tecmo Koei has decided that they're going to release the game on that system, on those systems. And, uh, you know, it may seem a little surprising since Nintendo published the game at the Wii U launch. But the game was technically independently developed by T- Team Ninja, and it was technically a Tecmo Koei game, not a Nintendo game. So, you know, Tecmo Koei is entitled to do it. I think that uh, if it sold better on Wii U, because the game did not sell well. I don't know the exact numbers, but it's, it's low. Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge was super low on the list of Wii U sellers. Yeah. Like, really even low. Though it was, like, a couple thousand low, probably. Even like, though it was better received than the original one? Yeah, but it's just, it didn't fit yeah, the, yeah. the audience, I guess. But, um, you know, if it sold better, I bet you Tecmo Koi would have just left it on Wii U. Because I have no doubt that the game that Nintendo published and did slightly offer guidance for the development of, they sent a couple of their research and development EAD people over to Team Ninja to help with it. Um, I'm pretty sure te- that Nintendo's not pleased and they're a bit... This is going to sour the relationship between them and Tecmo Koei because they've been pretty close. You know, Metroid Other M, Dead or Alive Dimensions had Metroid cameos. Uh, and that came out right. Well, I'm just saying, they're they're close. They work together. Like, Nintendo's published other Ninja Gaiden games in the past. Well, or maybe they published Tenshu, the- they published Tenshu, the other Ninja franchise from Koei, no. in the past. Well, maybe like, this is for the best. They, 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 need, some, they need some time But apart. for a company, the thing is... They need a little time. One of them's gonna go stay in a hotel for a few weeks and <laughs> see how it goes. But no, um... One of them's gonna sleep on the couch in the living room. But no, the, uh... What was I gonna say? And Nintendo's been really big on partnerships lately. I mean, that's, you know, the Fire Emblem game with Atlas, or... Uh, this with Tecmo Koei, or Sega and F-Zero back in the day, or Capcom and the Oracle games, or Zelda Oracle games, you know, or Namco developing Smash Bros. There's a good one. They're, they like their partnerships, and they're saying lately they're going to do them more, so to then suddenly have to distance yourself with a developer, in this case Tecmo Koei, kind of seems counterintuitive to that goal. But So maybe they'll just let them be, but it does seem like this would not... You know, if the game sold well, Tecmo Koei would not want to jeopardize the money coming from Nintendo to have them develop their, you know, to have Technicoi develop their games. No. Was that coherent, what I just said? I feel like that sentence was very poorly structured. Um, it had verbs and... Would you, should I try again? Should I try again? Let me try no, again. No, 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 it was good, it was good. Was it? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. I got the point across. Okay, that's good. Uh, you know, the, the thing with Ninja Gaiden 3, actually, now that I think about it, is it also brings up what about, what's this mean for other games in time published from other developers? I'm sure a lot of people immediately were like, oh, Platinum Games, Bayonetta 2, Wonderful 101, Wonderful 101, are those going to suddenly be on other systems? Answer's no. Answer's straight up no, because uh, the difference is, Tecmo Koei made Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge, Team Ninja made it, Nintendo offered guidance, but it was a Tecmo Koei project that Nintendo then handled distribution and marketing of in the Americas and Europe. And I think Japan, maybe? I don't know about Japan. With uh, Platinum Games games... Those two tiles are funded by Nintendo. They wouldn't exist if Nintendo didn't make, tell the developer, go ahead and make it and give them money. So there's zero chance, unless Nintendo chooses to put them on other systems, there's zero chance they will be on other systems. Unless they choose so, to put them there to prove how much better they are on the Wii U. That'd be an awful business <laughs> strategy. <laughs> that'd be like, go ahead, find on the Xbox, see how much you enjoy yeah, it. See how much you enjoy <laughs> one for one one without the little rooms on the gamepad. Instead, you just see them on the TV. See how much you enjoy not darting your eyes back and forth. <laughs> It looked like picture-in-picture, picture, and that doesn't yeah. look nice. <laughs> yeah. No one likes picture-in-picture. Picture. You don't want border blocking the, the other stuff. No. But, yeah, so we're not going to lose all exclusives, but there's that. And on a similar, on a similar note, um, in terms of, like, kind of 
develop publisher slowly jumping ship uh activision is not bringing the this is a minor one but it kind of underscores a bigger point activision is not bringing the walking dead survival instinct to the wii u in australia yeah only in australia it'll be in america it'll be in europe yeah but it won't be in australia and the reason is a lack of demand. It's actually the second Wii U game that Activision is not bringing to Australia. The first being uh, the one 007 like Legends. The retailers don't want to stock it because they don't think there's enough people that will buy it. Uh, Australia yeah. has a very small games market. But the last time something like... That makes sense. I mean, why ship them Yeah, but here, no one's here, buy? here's something that's going to kind of underscore the whole... Environmental, man. Well, here's something that's going to underscore the I whole... Mean the like, environment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here's something that's going to underscore the whole, like, this might not be a good thing. It's not just, you know, oh, well, they're saving money. The last time there was an issue like this where companies chose not to support a system is the GameCube, and it was EA games. All of EA's games back in the GameCube days. And the GameCube, as we know, is Nintendo's least successful system outside of the uh, Virtual Boy. So... What was that bad? Huh? That bad? Well... Sure. I mean, it's way better than the Virtual Boy. Got, I mean, the GameCube has more than 12 games. Well, yeah. It's, no, I said outside of the Virtual oh. Boy. Excluding the Virtual Boy. Uh, not inside the virtual box. <laughs> <Not included. laughs> well, no, I was just like... No, no, but... Comparing them. Just... Well, GameCube sold something like 20... 30... Somewhere between 20 and 30 million worldwide total. Maybe 40 million. And the virtual would sold between 20 and 30 units, right? Total, yeah. <laughs> no, but like, if you look at other systems, you're talking 50 or 60 minimum. So the GameCube oh. was definitely weaker. And the last time games for a Nintendo system didn't make it to Australia, it was the, that system. So that doesn't bode well for the Wii U. Another thing that doesn't bode well while we're on the doom and gloom track, is that EA doesn't even consider the Wii U to be a, quote, next-gen system. You kind of alluded to this earlier in the show. So here's that point where I said in an hour from now, people are going to go, hey, it, for the record, it was only about 40 minutes. 45 <laughs> minutes from that, from then. But, um, yeah, what happened is, speaking to their investors, everyone's talking to their investors, it's financial season. So EA was on a conference call or whatever with its, with its investors. And they made some comments that seemed to suggest there won't be much support coming from them for the Wii U. Uh, the CEO of, of EA, a guy named John Riccatello, Riccatello uh, said to – he first gave some praise. He said to never count Nintendo out. But then he also went on to say that EA is more interested in pursuing what it calls Gen 4. Now, I won't point out that it's actually Gen 5 or 6, right? Yeah. NES, Super Nintendo, N64, GameCube. We, yeah, we're on Gen 6 by most standards, but I guess EA – oh, well, EA started in the early 90s, so it must be their Gen 4. No, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But their Gen 4 is what they're interested in. And this is basically PS4 and the next Xbox. Because so, those are automatically going to be... They are next-gen. Oh, well, yeah. In terms of graphics and stuff. Horsepower. That's what they're interested in. That's what EA thinks They only want to be on like, the Mustangs of gaming. Yeah, I mean, they, they said... I don't have the exact quote, but they said some line where it's like, we've seen Wii U and the next-gen, and they are very different. They can't get more specifics, but they basically said it's a very big branching path. Wii U's going one way, these systems are going to a high-powered other direction. Basically, the Wii U's going to be the Wii in a couple of again. years. Again. But, um, he says that, you know... Oh, boy. Th- here, here's, the, here's the weird one. He says that many devices may call themselves next-gen, but they aren't, and the real next-gen, this Gen 4, is what EA considers to be the future, and that's what it plans to invest in. And that's what it plans to support. So, I don't think we're going to be seeing much from EA on the Wii U. I mean, already, there's already a bit of a fallout. Tiger Woods, PGA Tour 14. We can't really count on um, Death Space, huh? Probably not. Unless they port over a late port. But but just to give you an idea, Tiger Woods, PGA Tour 14. 
It was announced for PS3 and 360 and is hitting those systems in March. No Wii U version. Even though the Wii version of Tiger Woods was the best selling one for a number of years. Like they used to put like they used to like hold up uh, Tiger Woods PJ Tour for the Wii as like, check it out, this is how you do a sports game on the Wii, this is how you do it right for a Nintendo system, da 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 da. And now they're not even bringing the game to it. Also, they announced the new Madden for this year, which is actually the 25th anniversary of the franchise, so they're calling it Madden 25, which gets super confusing when they go back to the year numbers. <laughs> so they go Madden 25 and then Madden 15. And, uh, and eventually when it'll be Madden 25. Yeah, and then when it's in Madden 25, they'll call it 2025 or Madden 25-2, Return <laughs> of the 25s. Return of the 5 squared. But, actually, um, they'll call that one Madden... 5 squared. Whatever anniversary it is then, they'll just... 50th. And, oh, it'd be 50th, yeah. And then... Yeah, every 25 years would be the anniversaries. That makes sense. No, it won't be... It won't be 50th. If it's 25 now and in 25... Like oh, crap, it's only 13. This is where the jet lag kicks in. I can't do math anymore. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, this Madden 25... Well, the, whatever, they could just point keep being, doing that. Yeah, point being, Madden 25 was announced for PS3 and 360. No word on Wii U. So already we're seeing EA Oh, it's shine. clearly going to be a surprise. Yeah, I know, because everyone's going to be like, I bought a Wii U, I don't know if I should buy Madden, and then they'll walk to the store and go, oh, I didn't even know if it was coming to the Wii U, what? And then buy like 10 copies each, I know, right? Uh, you know the weirdest thing about this Gen 4 thing? They're saying Gen 4 is next-gen system, so it's PS4 and uh, next Xbox. Gen 3, however, they considered PS3, 360, and the Wii to all be Gen 3, even though they had very different graphical capabilities. You know, PS3 and 360 were one, Wii was another. But now they're saying Wii U is not part of Gen 4 because it's different graphics. I don't know what made them change their definition. What was Dreamcast considered? Dreamcast wasn't even anything. It was a half step between PS1 and PS2. So that's what they're putting this as? Or at least that's what they're EA calling, is putting I this I think as? they're calling it a half step, yeah. <sighs> Why is life so hard for Nintendo fans? I mean, obviously right now it's just EA, but if other developers start looking at it this way, then I don't want to have to buy another console to get the most. I mean, I just started getting into all the games I couldn't get into because I didn't have. Yeah. Well, hey, PS3. here's one that's gonna make you even a, a little more upset. There's a rumor that's been going around from a developer who went to Dice. He claims on NeoGaf that uh, Dice is a summit. It's a developer summit. They have talks about development and things. And uh, apparently, the attendees, the developers who are attending Dice, were not very keen on the Wii's current state of affairs. Uh, the developer who talked about this said, and I quote, Nobody has been talking about the new Wii U projects they have started. Only the projects that have been cancelled. Platform is in serious trouble. He wants to say that's, you know, it's obviously anecdotal, but um, Western developers are the ones that are pretty much turning away from the system. And he hasn't, and that the recoil to the Wii U is nothing like the recoil to the PS3 when it was not doing so hot, when it first came out. PS3, people were still playing to support and whatnot. Wii U, they're backing off like crazy. Obviously, this is all anecdotal, but it seems like Western devs, in particular, are not keen on the system. You know, maybe, I mean, maybe third parties just feel they can't really compete with Nintendo's own first-party games. I mean, it's always true. You, but People always joke, but there is truth behind it that you buy a Nintendo system for the Nintendo games. Like, I don't buy a Nintendo system saying, I'm going to play Prince of Persia, or I'm going to play, uh, I don't know, give me another game. Um, or I'm going to play, like, I don't... Why am I drawing a blank? Yeah. Okay, I don't, I was going to say Call of Duty, but I did buy Call of Duty for the Wii U. There we go. I didn't buy the Wii U saying, I want Call of Duty. I bought the Wii U saying, I want the Nintendo games. Oh, and there's Call of Duty. I might as well grab it. There you go. And that's <laughs> what third parties have to deal with, is that sort of mentality, because that's what a lot of fans are. I mean, it's not even, like... 
I feel like this mentality of them, like, maybe we can't compete with Rift Party is spilling over to 3DS as well, because even those exclusives are up in the air. I mean, Resident Evil Revelations is now going HD. It will be on Wii U. Actually, the Wii U version will have off-TV play. The the uh, the controller will have a map and stuff. It'll be like a... It'll be like... Like an HD 3DS. Exactly. But, um, XXXL edition. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, like, Resident Evil Revelations, you know, that was a 3DS exclusive, and Capcom has said that, considering the... the install base of the 3DS at the time it was a success which is very particular wording basically they're saying if it was on a system with more game with more owners it would have been a not a big you know it wouldn't have done well but considering the percentage of people that picked it up yeah it's pretty good for 3DS but yeah so I mean that's jumping ship and then there's rumors that um Castlevania Lord of Shadows Mirror of Fate might go HD eventually which is just another Man. Another Nintendo exclusive that's no longer with Nintendo. Now, that one's actually interesting. In, in the case of Castlevania, uh, the game's producer actually confirmed in an interview that the game is being built in HD, and on a computer somewhere is a full HD version of Mirror of Fate. Which is, one, that's weird. <laughs> Two, uh, he said that the only thing holding it <laughs> so back... Let's just build it in HD while we're at it. Yeah, it's just like, we'll downscale it, not upscale it. But he, he went on to say that the only thing really holding it back right now is an exclusivity deal with Nintendo. So, I mean, he then said, it gets more confusing, because he then said, this producer, David Cox, then said in a later interview that uh, there are, quote, no plans for an HD edition. But that doesn't mean there won't be one. You can very easily, a month ago, Ubisoft said there's no plans for Rayman on PS3 or 360, and see how quickly that changed? Well, I mean, wasn't it also maybe because at some point they were potentially you're going to make it also for the Vita and that's the side between the Vita and the 3DS but eventually yeah. this went with the 3DS yeah there was an interview where, or I, mean, I think that was in the planning stages though, cause there was oh. an interview where they were talking about should we make it for Vita or PS3 or PS3 Vita or 3DS and it boiled down to them saying well 3DS is 3D and they didn't quite say this but more people bought it so we went to there yeah. but yeah I don't know it's just like here's the thing I don't mind if games are multi-platform but there is a bit of an issue if third parties are really starting to shy away from the system. Like, I would be cool with them continuing to release games for the system, but, you know, if we're losing exclusives and we're losing games left and right, and EA doesn't even want to support the thing, not no, the best situation. No, losing games in general, that just sucks. Yeah, not the best situation. But, like, you know what, let's turn away from the Doom Glue, because, you know, for every game we're not getting, there is one we are getting that's pretty cool or unique or interesting or worth talking about. And there were some new ones announced that are worth talking about. Arguably the most interesting, to me at least, is uh, a new indie title for the Wii U called Oliver and Spike Dimension Jumpers. So the developers of this game describe it as Ratchet and Clank meets Zelda meets Uncharted. Hmm. Which, by the way, I think that's one too many games. You can't have, like, three meets. Ratchet and Clank meets... Yeah, Ratchet and Clank meets Zelda meets Uncharted. So how's it going to work is uh, it's an adventure platformer. Which is already what Zelda was. No, Zelda was like a... I think they're saying it has the it has the two character dynamic of Ratchet and Clank. It has the puzzles of Zelda and it has the action of Uncharted. I think that's what they're trying to say. Or the setting of Uncharted. The game looks like it's in a Uncharted y jungle. But you got an email, sir. Uh, But yeah, it uh, so follows a boy named Oliver and his dog Spike, which is why it's called Oliver and Spike. And um, they're on a quest to find out some mysteries involving Oliver's parents and. The thing that makes this game interesting and unique is how the gameplay actually works. Each level has multiple dimensions. You're jumping between dimensions. Like Quantum Conundrum? Why didn't they just throw Quantum Conundrum in that comparison? I don't know. 
You should write to them. Sense, that's a puzzler. That's a puzzle dimension but, hopping game. That's also a platformer. If anything's more platformer than puzzler. Yeah, you should. You and should that's all it is. You should point it out to them. Send them an email. Be like, hey guys, <laughs> have you ever heard of this game? Because your game's like that game. I know, and you play as this kid finding out the mysteries of a missing uncle. Huh, so similar. Anyway, so with this one, I think maybe because how the dimensions work might be different. Because in this one, so the levels vary. It's not just like you're in different dimensions. It's like, oh, suddenly things are a different color, or oh, suddenly things are this. The physical traits of the world change. Like, gravity will change, or the level will get all wiggly like jello. Oh, well, that's right. Like in Quantum Conundrum. Is that how it was? I never played yeah, that, so I really... Oh, yeah, I have it for PS3. You, you have the normal dimension where everything's normal. You're trying to hop across this big chasm, but you need a, but you don't have anything you can do it with. So you go to the slow-mo dimension. No, you go to the fluffy dimension where everything's made of like cotton or something. You pick up a sofa because now it's super light. You throw it across, go into the slow-mo dimension where everything's slow-mo. Now everything's moving in slow-mo. You can so maybe this game the isn't as... And use that momentum because it's... So maybe Auburn Spike like, isn't quite as easy. Go to the heavy thought. dimension where everything's made of iron and you can't huh. move anything because it's super heavy. Well, I guess it's not quite as... Demi- yeah, because that's some of the examples it gave, like, you know, dealing with obstacles and whatnot. But also, each apparently each dimension will have its own storyline. This might be where it branches. Yeah, I mean, no that. reason there can't be more games that do. Yeah, this and it has. Thing. Yeah, I mean, and each one has its own storyline and its own character NPC characters and whatnot. So. Yeah, see, that's that, that sounds a lot more because this one was. Yeah. It's basically it was more like Portal. Yeah, this is anything. I think more Zelda, Zelda, and but um yeah, and I imagine what you do in one dimension will change the storyline in the other dimensions. You have to you know be juggling all that. But um, so like Dark World kind of. Stuff. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah, but the, I mean the concept. To me, it was intriguing. Apparently, it's been done before. I didn't know that. Um, well, not exactly like that, though. Just yeah, the yeah. idea of dimensions. But the one thing that really caught my eye about Oliver and Spike is its look and feel is a lot like like the old N sixty four Rare games. Like it has that same kind of cartoony, blocky polygon. Not necessarily. Look. <laughs> not, no, I don't mean like that. I just mean the art style, not the polygon look. Like the like look at like the box art for like Jet Force Gemini or Banjo Kazooie or or like one of those the, games. The it, has, rare, it has the rare eyes. <laughs> not quite the rare eyes, but it has that same kind of feel. I don't know how this guy any better. It just when I saw it, I'm like, it reminds me of rare. It makes you smile. <laughs> it made me smile. It made it got it caught my attention. I'm interested. So no release date that I'm aware of, but that's something to keep on your radar. I believe it'll be a download title, and that's Oliver and Spike Dimension Jumpers. In summary, <laughs> um, another another game we talked uh, last episode. We talked pretty in depth about Disney Infinity. And how it was kind of a Disneyfied version of Skylanders. So it's only fair that when a new Skylanders game is announced, we spend a minute or two on it. And that happened. Especially now that the franchise is a billion dollar franchise. It's made a billion bucks. A billion, with a B. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So the new game It is... also answered um, my, my long question of what has um voice actor for Invader Zim has been up to. Skylanders? Yeah, apparently. Oh. I saw the trailer for it and... Yeah, he was one of the characters. I think he's like the main villain or something. Huh. I don't know whether, but he's Zim. And you're like, hey, it's Zim. Yeah, and, like, it's, and then the character said back to you, no, I'm Joe, the bad guy, or whoever. I don't know. It just bothered me that he did the exact same voice for Zim. They like, probably told him to. Yeah, I mean, like the same mannerisms and everything. Oh, I'm just, sure they told him to. Yeah. It was just, oh, it's weird. It's weird. It's like yeah. usually you don't hear voice actors do that. Like, yeah, hmm. they want to create a new <laughs> character, yeah. yeah. But so Skylanders, so this new Skylanders is called Skylanders Swap Force. And its big new hook is the tops and bottoms of the toys are interchangeable. You can mix and match. So there are going to be six, you know, it allows for you to have your own custom characters. So there's going to be 16 swappable toy character toys released, allowing for 250 unique combinations to be created. I don't know where they got that math. 
I don't know where 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 Activision got that map. Because correct me if I'm wrong. If there are 16 characters, oh no no no, that makes sense. Never mind. Right, because you can swap each one with each other one. Okay, that makes sense. 250. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, and then once you once you swap a character, you put them on the portal of power, which is the NFC chip reader, and they go into the game and they have their mishmash powers and their mishmash look and everything in the game. And they also jump now. That's a new feature. So wait, Apparently, they, they can never jump. What? <laughs> I know, right? But um. Weird you know, since, game. I know, right? But since and since Activision does love money, uh, they're gonna be releasing a new set of the standard Skylander figures, the ones that don't mix and match, based on fans' favorite characters. Oh, so that's thirty-two new characters, new figurines to coincide with the game. And because they further love money, they have a new portal of power you have to use to in to put them into swap force. The only way. That you can get any of the characters into Swap Force. Old toys, new toys, whatever. Is with the new portal power. With the new ability to light up. The pow- the, the portal has lights on it now. Wait, you mean it didn't? The portal didn't have lights, no. Wow. Now it has lights. Interesting. They say... This is, this is so good. I really hope Nintendo doesn't... Activision really said... They might. Uh, oh, man. Activision said... But back to... Activision said... Um, with each new magical enhancement of Skylanders... There's a new portal of power. Basically, when they figure out more ways to sell you plastic, they make you a new dock to put your plastic on to connect your plastic to the digital world. I don't know why it sounds so like... Man, a new portal every... Well, I guess it could be a really cool display here's stand the, if you have like a really rare I one. guess. Wait, but you're going to keep them in the box. Unless you're... And they're never going to use them. But, I mean, don't... Don't get me wrong. Skylanders itself, it's a brilliant move by Activision... Like, the the toy game combination. If I was a kid, I would love it. Same as with Disney Infinity. But, I don't know. Just, like, having separate portals of power seems kind of silly to me. Either way, uh, about the game itself. It's going to be HD for the first time. Apparently, it was developed in standard def and then upscaled to HD in the past. But now it's being developed in HD. So, when it hits... It we definitely did that on purpose. Just to... Yeah, just say it's mm-hmm. an... Inch. They're calling it HD and more cinematic. But it's being developed... Um, the Wii, the Wii U version, the HD, all the HD versions, Wii U, PS3, 360, are being developed by Vicarious Visions instead of the original developers of Toy, at, uh, Toys for Bob. Who, fun fact, Toys for Bob, uh, Bob. To- Toys for Bob, developed Tony Hawk's Downhill Jam, a Wii launch title back in 2006. And at that time, I was still running around Nintendo as a separate thing, you know, my own site with a um, would you like daily news and whatnot. And one of the guys that worked with me on the site actually scored an interview with one of the head developers at Toys for Bob about Downhill Jam at the time. Who would have thought that a few years later they'd have one of the biggest franchises in the world with Skylanders? Just a little tidbit. Not me. Yeah, well, you didn't even know me yet, so... Well, no, I mean, because you said who would have thought. Oh, oh, I thought you meant... <laughs> never mind. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't know why. I, mm. I, yeah, never mind. Guys, this is a train wreck of an episode. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, sort of. So Vicarious Visions is now developing the HD version, and they actually have a really good pedigree with Nintendo Systems. You may know them as the company that brought us uh, Guitar Hero on Wii and DS. Of you all mean systems. the same person didn't bring us Guitar Hero for all three consoles? Nope. Vicarious Visions handled the Nintendo versions. They also took care of the Spider-Man games on Game Boy Advance and DS, which were actually surprisingly good. And they made the very excellent and very awesome, and I still love it to this day, Tony Hawk 2 for Game Boy Advance, which was a launch title way back in June 2001. So they've been with Nintendo for a while. They've done some other stuff, but, you know, they work close with Nintendo on a lot of stuff, and they're good developers. So it's cool that they get to try out, see what, you know, mix up Skylanders a bit. Yeah. And uh, the, system, the game's also coming to Wii and 3DS. B 
Beanox is handling the Wii version. N-Space, who you may know as the team behind um, Geist, and more recently Heroes of Ruin for the 3DS, uh, will be doing the 3DS version. Oh. And all of them are hanging this fall. So there's that. Skylanders. Swap well, Force. Lots of new toys. Yeah, lots of new toys. Um, another game that's coming to Wii U that was just announced is uh, Sniper Elite 2. Which is coming actually in May, which is relatively soon. This is a game from 505 Games, which and it was originally released for PS3 and 360 last year. It's set during World War II. You're playing as an American agent as he attempts to um, uncover some German secret rocket plans. And the gameplay, it's not a running gun shooter like you, you know, like most war shooters. It's actually a very slow-paced, meticulous sniping game where you sit and. Well, you wait. make it sound so interesting. Well, it's a sniping game. It's a sniping game. Hey, it's like Silent Scope. That help. It's a sniping game, like yeah. Silent Scope. But you sit and you wait, and it's all about, like, the the right moment. <laughs> it's so slow and No, meticulous. I'm just saying, what I'm saying, it's a different experience. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 I'm yeah, not yeah. saying it's bad. You're the one that's taking slow and meticulous to mean bad. I'm just saying it's different. Um, but, I mean, it got good reviews. It got pretty good reviews when it came out. Like, IGN, I think, gave it an 8, which yeah, is pretty yeah. decent. But, um, and, Everyone loves sniping. sniping yeah, and, and the Wii U version really is going to use the you know, take advantage of the gamepad for that sniping. You can hold up the gamepad and use it like a scope, kind of like in Zombie U. Or you can use the touchscreen gamepad for booty trap lace, um, placing and enemy tracking and blast radius viewing so you know how big an explosion will be before you set it off. So, that's coming in uh, May. There's not really there's not much more to say. <laughs> but that's coming in May, so we're getting... That's again, that's a bit different from everything else on the system. Yeah, it's definitely a niche game. Yeah, but I think I think the uh, the scope thing just makes perfect sense for the Wii U. Yeah, Being right. able to use the gamepad as a scope, it makes you hold it up, you look through the scope, you put it down, you see the view in front of you, like you're sitting on a building top, and there's the city in front of you. It, With it, it um, makes perfect sense. Did Black Ops Two use that as a scope at all? Ever? No, no. Did you play the game? Oh well, yeah. <laughs> through, through, like, I mean, did you get like halfway through? Or? No, not halfway. But I did. I'll put it this way: when you look down the barrel of your gun in Call of Duty, it's the same button press as any other system. You can't use the gamepad really as a map or like a off TV player. Like oh, so, all right. Well, I mean, they just took the. I mean, we're not. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't have the scope stuff like uh, sniper. Which is not Elite. bad. It's just, yeah. Yeah. No. It's. Uh, yeah, it doesn't. Which so, but sniper elite that actually makes so much sense to do. I I wouldn't be like if five five games was smart. They would put at a discount price and maybe even toss it on the eShop on launch day. I wonder the because I could see it being like you know I could see it getting. A, doing pretty well if it was cheap enough on the eShop because the idea of using the gamepad as a sniper gun Nintendo even toyed with that they the za- they showed in the original gamepad unveiling trailer someone hooking a gamepad to a zapper accessory yeah. and using it as a scope it's like literally what the thing's made for besides all the other things it's made for I wonder if the Wii U version of Revelation is going to use it as a scope I don't know they haven't said yeah I mean the 3DS had really good gyro really good yeah. gyro so. well the Wii U has good gyro too I know yeah I mean yeah. It's the same gyros, probably. Yeah, I mean, just it's responsiveness for yeah. don- that Donkey Kong level. Yeah, so yes. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, but since you brought up 3DS, now's a good time to talk about one new 3DS game that was announced, and that is uh, Rune Factory 4, coming from XC Games. It was released last summer in Japan, now it's coming stateside. Rune Factory 4? Have the other ones been released on 3DS? Or? It was on DS. Rune Factory 1, 2, 3 was on DS, and then there was a Wii U, or not Wii U, a Wii game in the Rune Factory series. Then blinking on the name on, but it was a fully 3D variant of it, like oh. an open world thing. But um, yeah, so like the predecessor, Dream Factory Four, it's you know it's mixing the Harvest Moon farming gameplay with like 
RPG battles and monster collecting and whatnot, which always struck me as kind of a cool formula. I mean, I like Harvest Moon, but I don't know. I just never got around to uh, trying Moon Factory. Hmm. But the, the one thing I'm a little worried about is Natsume has a habit, or Natsume or however you say their name, the Harvest Moon people who also make Moon Factory, they have a habit of releasing new versions of their games with very little change. Like, I don't know how many Harvest Moons there's been where it's like, hey, look, the character has different color hair. And now, instead of uh, instead of a festival to the harvest gods, it's a festival to the harvest god. Like they make the most like tiny changes. Or now you can have ducks. Let's release a whole new game with ducks. Like, it's the most ridiculous change. Like the littlest things. And oh, they they're seem... like the Street Fighter of that genre. Yeah, of game. but they seem to be doing it with Rune Factory, which doesn't seem like it's a wise idea. Because one of the big features of Rune Factory Four is you can be a guy or a girl for the first guy or girl for the first time. Oh. I don't know if that's enough to compel someone that has Room Factory 3 to buy Room Factory 4. I mean, I, I guess the 3D... I assume it has some sort of cool 3D effect and things like that. But you would think they would not highlight the gender choice as such an important thing. I know that matters to some people. But that's not like... I don't think that's a back-of-the-box bullet point. Did, like, you don't pick I mean, up a game I mean, and see Pokemon you could be a guy or a girl. Not really. They showed it. They had it as Yeah, an but I'm pretty sure, like, Pokemon's not like... I mean, people are going to go ahead and... Yeah, it's not like someone picked up the Pokemon box, and it was yeah, like... Yeah, here's, like, a million number, different changes, yeah. and you could be a boy or girl. Yeah, that's how it was. It wasn't like, be a boy or girl. Collect the same Pokemon again. Be all the gym <laughs> leaders again. Beat the Elite Four again. Like, if they did, like, that's kind of how... What happened with Harvest Moon, and hopefully it won't happen with Rune Factory, because it is a very... Like, it's, it's a clever expansion of the Harvest Moon idea, but they let it be idle for too long. They're just going to go down the same road where it just becomes too repetitive and the sales will go down and whatnot. But that's my spiel. No business. Yeah. Uh, one last... This isn't a game for a Nintendo system, but it's a game involving Nintendo characters, so it's worth mentioning. Mario Kart is going back to the arcade. It's like I'm, re- it's like I'm saying a headlight a- headline <laughs> out loud. <laughs> but no, it is. Um... Mario Kart had... There were two Mario Kart games in arcades previously. Mario Kart Arcade GP and Mario Kart Arcade GP 2. And um, both games are developed by Namco. Nintendo partnered with them. And they were... Oh, yeah, we played it at David's. Yeah, we've, we've played them. And they're, like, slightly... They're fun, but they're not quite Mario Kart. Like, they're a mix of Mario Kart and, like, an arcade racer. I mean, you know what I mean. Like, the... Like the <laughs> it's the, like Mario Kart the, with... Arc- it's like Mario Kart with the handling of, like, Daytona USA or yeah, Ridge you're Racer. using a steering wheel and a chair. Exactly, yeah. As opposed to so, <laughs> it is pretty fun, though. But um, they're going to be bringing it... Let me rephrase. They're going to be bringing a new version to arcades in Japan. It's called Mario Kart Arcade GP DX. And uh, it's going to be based on the previous arcade edition. So, it's going to be the same, you know feel and whatnot, but they're going to be including some what are now, I guess, staples of the Mario Kart franchise. You'll be able to go underwater or use a glider like in Mario Kart 7. There's even going to be a a co-op mode in which one player drives and another player uses items. In other words, Double Dash is back. Which is kind of cool. Double Dash is fun. I I personally think it is the weakest of all the Mario Karts. But the concept of Double Dash is cool. Like, I think the track design and whatnot was weaker than most, but I really liked... I don't know. To I, Double Dash? Really? Yeah. I don't know why. Up it just up, struck me. Up it, until Double Dash, I thought that was definitely the best one. I mean, all I really had to compete against was Mario Kart 64. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but looking back now, I think the design in, like, DS is better than Double Dash. Oh, I don't know. I think they're about the same. Also, Double Dash, I, I, for I, I, some reason, every character in Double Dash... Everything in Double Dash looked like it had saran wrap or plastic over it. Like, everything was super glossy. Mario's nose should not glisten. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Unless it's, like, 
he has like a case of the sniffles in the middle of the winter or something. Yeah, but, but, like, it, I don't know. It felt very plastic. I don't know. I uh, doubled after with my least favorite, but I like the idea of the co-op. I just really like the characters um, in one card. I just really like the sniping mechanic in that game. I, I thought it was yeah. a lot better than the DS one. Well, the DS one got abused. Yeah. Yeah, but um. Oh, this one was worse. Like it was easier to snake. Yeah. Like, if you have someone true. else, if you're playing with two people, yeah, that game could get really, really hard to beat. Right, right. But um, back to arcade. GP DX. Which is easy to beat, my bad. Yeah, I was going to say hard to beat. I, mean, I just got to let that slide because I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. Um, but yeah, a couple other features that DX are going to have. Uh, it's going to have some sort of battle mode. It's got a competitive play for up to four machines that can be linked together. And it's going to include Taiko Drum Master, a Namco franchise. There'll be a character and a track. Now, the thing I don't care about the character is um, Taiko Drum Master's characters are little drums with no hands or feet. They're yeah, drums or faces. Don't they have little hands? Like little... No, they're drums with faces. There's a red one and a blue one. The blue one is the playable character. Oh. I don't know how a little blue drum drives a car, but... Hey, well, they'll, they'll figure it out. They made a Goomba character in Mario Sluggers. That's true. And they don't have arms. He's telepathy to swing the bat. Yeah. So, really? Yeah. Huh. The bat just swings around him, so he's psychic. Hmm. Goombas are psychic. They prove it. Yeah. Ah, well, okay. Oh, and, in a fir- or, and as was the case with the first two arcade GPs, this one will let you take a photo of yourself, and it will hover over the car as you drive. Very similar, actually, to how Tank 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 does it on Wii U. Well, you tank 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 Oh. Because uh, during that investor meeting we were talking about way earlier in the show with Iwata talking about his financial woes to investors, uh, someone asked about N- NFC and uh, Iwata said that Nintendo's currently exploring different ways to use the chip. One idea is cards and figurines, much like Skylanders, where they'd integrate with the game. Which is, you said, when we were talking about Skylanders, that you'd be kind of worried for something about something like that happening. I know Nintendo did it, like, I don't know. Imagine if they did it with Pokemon cards. Imagine if they made a new Pokemon train well, card they, game. Well, they kind of did that. Yeah, they did that with po- with Pokemon. They created a new game where you had to buy the figurines. They were the ones where you spin the bottom. No, but I'm saying imagine if they took... Remember cool. Pokemon train card game on Game Boy Color? Yes. Imagine if they made an eShop game of that, and then all the Pokemon cards in the future came with an FC chip, but the only way to use the cards in the digital game... They're kind of like the e-reader? Sort of like the e-reader. Oh. Like on steroids. See, I don't know if I would get into that. I don't know if I get into it, but it could be huge. It could be huge. Oh, but see, that'd be really cool. I mean, the card game is... I mean... Yeah. I could attest to the fact that the card game is still really huge since like I worked oh, in elementary yeah. school and the yeah. kids are probably obsessed. As, as obsessed, if not more than when we were in elementary. Crazy. Like I did not think it was still that big. I knew it was big, but I think no, it was it's, that it's, big. Like they're bringing in these huge binders, like binders wow. bigger than some of my friends that are true, true fans. I'm like, wow. Right. That's crazy. Actually, actually, if, if anything, it doesn't surprise me because I bet some of these kids' parents or older siblings passed down were, the, yeah, yeah, so... Maybe. Hand me down Pokemon cards. Yeah. Secondhand Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so that's one way Nintendo might use NFC, uh, going back to the root of this conversation. Uh, but for them, it would have to be, a you, you read it and then you put it off. Cause I mean, you said in Skylanders, the figure has to be there at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you have to keep the. Yeah. Presumably that's probably what they're investigating. It's still not actually doing anything. But, I mean, um, they did mention something about it. Oh, you could swipe. Credit. I mean, that's in Japan. Yeah, that, that's the other thing I was going to say is e-payments is something yeah, we're looking yeah. into. And the only reason I bring this up now in relation to Mario Kart Arcade GPDX, God, what a 
mouthful of a name, is uh, the third option they're looking into is using NFC with arcade machine cards. You know how some arcade machines you can spit out, it'll like give you a card and you can put it into the machine again later? And it'll, like, remember your stats, and you can, like, enhance your stats. I can't sound familiar with that, but that sounds kind of... Yeah, it's huge. It's pretty big in Japan. Like, uh, what's it called? Initial D? Is that the name of a racing game? Or am I making something up? You're probably making something up. Well, there's a game where, yeah, it gives you a card. It has a little chip, and it rewrites the chip, and you put it in, and you basically progress that way. It's like a save... It's like a memory card, but it's a credit card-looking plastic card. Nintendo's saying they could hypothetically integrate those with the NFC of um, the Wii U. Gamepad. So imagine if Mario Kart Arcade GPDX integrated with Mario Kart for Wii U, or if they were one and the same somehow, you know, if they just pour it over. Because, I mean, it'd be perfect. If it's, if it's, if it integrate, if there are separate games that integrate, it would be just like how Sega did F0 GX and AX. Where if you played AX, you were able to put your memory card, your GameCube memory card, into the arcade machine, basically acknowledge you played AX, acknowledge you unlocked stuff, then you went home, put the memory card back in your GameCube, and you had new tracks in GX that you could only unlock if you played AX. Mm. They could do something very similar with this NLC for Mario Kart. That's weird. I know I somehow... I unlocked AX tracks on my GX Oh, there's a, there's a separate way. Yeah. yeah, I think it was... But it's a way more complicated way. No, I think it was because I beat the story mode in hard. Like I said, way but more complicated. That, that is a hard game. Was, it was. Yeah. It was. But, um... But I did it. Yes. No, you should be. It, it, it's a hard game. But um, with Mario Kart, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's two possibilities. I mean, one, if Nintendo's trying to get so many games out this year as possible, this game, Mario Kart or KGP DX, will end up being the Wii U game as well. But I think the NFC sharing data back and forth between two separate games is probably more likely. Because, I mean, how cool would it be if you were playing the arcade one, you unlock some Namco character, the Taiko drama or whatever, take it back home, put the card on your gamepad for like a split that. Split second, and suddenly you had Namco characters in your Mario Kart. Or just a... Uh... Or a track. Or or your stats go back and forth. And you can The unlockables you unlock in your arcade one are usable on your cart in the Wii U one. Because you know how Mario Kart 7 lets you customize carts? Like, what if you can only get certain hang gliders, or only get certain wheels, or only get certain bodies, car bodies, cart bodies, from the arcade version, and then you bring them home. Oh. It's cool. It wouldn't be very practical in America where arcades are dead, but in Japan it could be pretty big. And it just seems like a fun, gimmicky... Thing to do. I mean, why not? Yeah, exactly. Why, why not? not? And that was no transition at all. But that pretty <laughs> much wraps up what's up with Nintendo. Of course, we've also been playing things and reading things. Uh, Jet lag Jason doesn't do fancy transitions. No, yeah. <laughs> if, yeah, once again, I apologize if I'm kind of disjointed sounding. Um, feel free to see. <laughs> feel free to leave a comment on, the, on this episode, episode 36. Uh, this is 36, right? Yeah. Yeah, made from concentration. And let me know how disjointed... <laughs> Which Jason is not. And, yeah, exactly. And let me know how disjointed I sound. You guys leave a comment saying very, somewhat, mild, spicy, or vanilla. I don't know why I switched into food, but it felt like things do. But we're not done yet. We have game impressions. Or I should say Jose has game impressions. I was abroad. I didn't really play very many games, to be honest. Uh, well, first, actually, first, let's preface something. We were going to talk about Fire Emblem. We were going to talk about Fire Emblem in great depth. We were going to be enamored by Fire Emblem, I assume, based on the demo. Mm -hmm. We were going to gush madly about our love of Fire Emblem, assuming we do love it. Which we don't know because, and here's the problem, Nintendo... I'm not willing to buy it in Walmart. No, it's not just that. Nintendo screwed up the release. It's not just Walmart. It's not just one company or you can go to another company. They botched the entire release. The game was supposed to ship on Monday, the 4th. 
GameStop then said they're not getting it until Friday the 8th. Yeah, Best but... Buy said they're not getting it until Wednesday the 6th. Amazon did took the release date off the listing. There's a guy... I don't remember who it was. Actually, it might be one of our listeners. I want to say it's one of our listeners. I read it on Twitter. Uh, I actually want to say it might... I don't want to say the wrong listener. I think it was Sonic Tonic. You know who you are. It, it is you. He Anyway, there's this person who basically Amazon said... And Sonic Tonic, if it's not you... I apologize for accusing you of having a very weird but cool situation happen to you. So, their Amazon thing, they got an email saying there's no release dates delayed. They call Amazon saying what's going on, and it showed up the next day. Hmm. But Amazon has yanked the release date now. Like, it's a mess. Some stores don't have it, some stores are sold out, some stores only got two copies. Fire Emblem's like, there's no way to get Fire Emblem easy. And even crazier, Canada got it a week early because EB Games in Canada broke the street date for a day and then Nintendo forced them to reenact the street date. So that means about probably a third to half of the people that wanted the game got it early and then Nintendo was like, well, we still want the other half to wait. So it's just like, it's been super confusing this past week or so of Fire Emblem. I mean, I was... Long story short, neither of us managed to get the game. Yeah, it is on the eShop, but I like having the physical copy, as do you. Yeah. So, so we're gonna I know, say, actually, yeah, we could have gone in it, but... Well, I couldn't have. I was abroad, but... I mean, I could have. Yeah, it's a gig download. Where would I have done that? Like, in a Starbucks? <laughs> I'd rather be exploring Venice and leave your Jerusalem and Rome. Why are you exploring? What? <laughs> leave your 3DS. No, I'm not going to leave my 3DS. There aren't even, now that I think about it, there aren't even Starbucks in those places. They're equivalent. I don't know. Yeah. There are McDonald's everywhere, I might, I might say. Uh, might well, they have Wi-Fi. But, yeah, they sometimes do. Anyway, um, point being, we're going to fire them... In, Fire Emblem Impressions next time, and I won't be surprised, I'm saying this only half-jokingly, if Nintendo purposely screwed up the shipments because they want people to download it because they're trying to promote the eShop. <laughs> Look how brilliant is that? Oh, you can't find our game? Oh, I'm so sorry. We have it online. You can do it from the comfort of your couch. You should just get it there. Yeah. Don't worry about it. If online comments are yeah, some... any kind of evidence, some I have read some people say, like, oh, I guess I'll just download it. Yep. So... Yep. I'm holding out. Yeah. I'm holding strong. So we'll have Fire Emblem, even though it was promised for this episode, we will do it Hopefully next episode. So this episode, as our entire as our title implied, and as we have previously mentioned, uh, Brain Age Concentration Training. Jose, you bought it. I've only played the demo. We talked about the demo last episode. The takeaway I had was, it's fun but significantly harder. So why don't you? And it has voice acting, full voice acting. But go ahead. Uh, yeah, you've been playing it daily, I assume. So how's how's it been? I'm on my third day of concentration training and. I don't know if I felt the difference, but doesn't really matter. Does your brain feel the burn? Um, Does your brain store when you wake up in the morning? No, no, no. Oh. No, but the game is really <laughs> fun. I mean, just like any other Brain Age game, it has that nice polish of a Nintendo game where every little detail is really nice. And, it, yeah. and if anything, there are more little details now than ever. Like, you get the the nice... I don't know, the 3D effect is surprisingly really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you don't really use it for anything, like, it's just there, but... Yeah. It's more than just, like, the Mario 3 that we were talking about earlier. Right, right. Pops out. Even on the title screen, like, if you press L and R, you throw seeds at the doctor for some reason. Why would you do that? Yeah, you just throw seeds at him. You just throw things at him? Yeah, and then I think he says, like, oh, don't throw any in my nostrils. So, obviously, you... you, you... Oh, that funny doctor. So, then you you use a gyro to, like, throw, aim the seeds at his nostril. And then he turns into the double. You throw them at him again. And then, like, his head explodes and it says, congratulations, and kind of weird nintendo is one strange company let's just put that out there yeah but uh, so how about the actual so i assume it's still like normal the old brain age where you're limited in how much you can do per day yeah basically you can only do each mini game once per day and it's split into i guess 
the part I focus on is the devilish training. You right. have to do. Is that the is that the dynamic difficulty one where it like yes. changes depending on how you do? You have to do each exercise at least once per day for five mm-hmm. minutes, and if you score sixty five percent or lower, like your score, yeah. then you go down a level. If you score around seventy five percent, I think you stay the same, and if you score eighty five percent or more, you go up a level. And it actually depends on the game. Like on some of them, you'll get asked. You'll have two problems to solve. If you get them both right, you go up a level. Mm-hmm. If you get one right and wrong, you'll stay the same. If you get them both wrong, you'll go down a level. Right. And they're, I don't know, so far they're all pretty fun. I like that they're all different. Like the the one that was on the double, the devilish calculations, the one where you have to, one disappeared and the other one. Yeah. When I got to three back, like at first two back was pretty hard. And then by my second day, I was able to burn through it really fast. I was able to get them right. all perfect. Oh, just to clarify for listeners who may not have heard subscribe this last episode. How it works is it's the math, the rapid fire math, like two plus three, three plus four. It's all addition, but though. what it does, what it's all addition. It yeah, it's all addition. Uh, but it shows you one, makes it go away, and then shows you another. But you have to answer the one that went away. So yeah. you have to like keep so track of the yeah. That's one back, and then obviously and then two the back, ne- and then the next level is one back, but really fast. And then the next level is two back, where they show you a problem goes away, yeah. another problem goes away, show you a third problem, you have to write the answer to the first problem. Yeah. And then they answer the next problem when they show you the third problem. And that one got really tricky, but then eventually I figured it out. And then you have to do that one fast. And now three back, that one I can't really figure out. I mess up one problem, and then I kind of have to yeah. mess up the next three. and catch That's what I noticed up. with the demo, is that when I was on two back, it uh, if I lost track for whatever reason, I had to basically let myself lose a couple times in order to get yeah. the momentum going again. Yeah. And it has a timer going, so while you're actually playing, the timer will keep going, and whenever right. like you're in between rounds, it'll stop until you've gone five minutes. If you could go over, so if you have four minutes and 59 seconds, you'll still go through another whole round, even if mm, okay. it's basically five minutes. Yeah. You know, it's honestly that time. So wait, is it five minutes per activity per day, or is it five minutes of activities? Like, can oh, you five do... minutes per activity. How many activities can you do a day? As many as you have? As many as you have, yeah. But But you can only do it once, right? Yeah, because that's always been like I understand the whole point. Of brain age is like, oh, it's a cup, you know, train I guess your brain also... in minutes a day. But it'd be nice if they let you do more if you want to do more. Yeah, like, that's if you, if you want weird... to do more, you have to play the demo. Yeah, it's like a but... weird artificial hindrance that doesn't need to be there in my yeah. mind. At least. But I mean, well, yes, I I kind of I agree with you that I would like to sometimes just play the yeah. devilish as many times as I yeah. want. At the same time, I'm kind of glad that they don't let me because then I'll burn i'll get burned out of it and i just True. won't really want to that's play probably why they probably the main thing that makes sense just because yeah. i mean by limiting you you're not gonna bore yourself with the game yeah and i'm actually more motivated to play it once a day now so well, so besides so, those, so you have those devilish mini games you have uh-huh. one with um called mice or mouse and you just have um like a three by four grid uh, yeah a, a three by four grid and you have two or x number of mice mm-hmm. hidden there and the rest are cats. Oh, wow, my list. Because <laughs> of the phrases. But anyway. I didn't um, catch that until you pointed yeah, it out. cats. Anyway. Cats. Well, first I'll show you where the mice are, and then they'll get covered with blocks. And then, for like the next like 15 seconds, cats will be pushing the blocks back and forth and mm-hmm. jumbling the mice around. So it's just like the ball in the cup where you have to like figure out. Oh, what yeah, yeah. I'm actually is. pretty good at those, I like to think. But this one, like when it's two, it's pretty easy. But then when it gets to three mice, you kind of have to... It's not just the three balls in the cup, because those are easy, because you only yeah. have three cups to work with, or four. Right, but this right. one is a grid, and they're oh. moving in every single direction. Oh, man, so. that actually sounds kind of annoying. And then... Yeah, like not in a, it gets not in a super bad way, but that And just then there's like... a... 
the memory game, everyone's got to wait to flip the card over and you have to remember. But this time you get penalized if you flip a card twice and you still get it wrong twice, so... That's interesting that a lot of these are about... Well, I guess because it's all about concentration. Yeah, Because so a lot of remember. these are very, like, I mean, there was remembering. One, I mean, there was one um new one that I unlocked today where you have to read a passage... And as you're reading, you have to memorize the underlined word. And then the moment you finish, you have to go to next, read the next passage, mm-hmm. read the next underlined word, read another passage, memorize that word. And then when you're done, you have to write down all the words that they asked in any right. order you want. Right. And besides that, then you have your, what they call the, I don't know, I think just the brain, just regular brain training, which, are, and it's yellow. So it's like the brain, it, they're basically the brain age minigame. So you have the normal mass calculations. We have to do them as fast as you can. You have to do another... And they even have the same, like, 3, 2, 1 in the plain white and just the circle. Yeah. The same sound effects. It's like they just kind of reuse yeah. it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Nintendo always does that. Yeah. But, I mean, they're still really fun. And then you have relaxation mini games with an interesting take on a... I don't know. Like a falling down block puzzler. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to call them. Except you can move it all around. And, I don't know. It's interesting. It's really hard to say. Speaking of puzzlers, they also, I assume, brought back basically the dr mario relaxation game yeah right? it's kind of like dr mario but it's definitely not like dr mario <laughs> it looks like dr mario it's like dr mario except it's not dr it's mario. like i mean you line up the color blocks together and you have to put right. a bomb next to it to make them explode but some blocks can only explode diagonally others have to be exploded twice and you could drag them in any which order you want so yeah it's, and it's fun and then you also have another mode called concentration mode where it's basically the 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 the, yes. first, the math one we talked about the yeah, first yeah. one yeah oh the one back or two back oh, oh I didn't know what you meant yeah, like, yeah the math one uh-huh. it's, it's basically the one back <laughs> but with shapes so you're not doing any calculations you're just seeing okay I see two blocks right it goes away then I see three blocks so hmm. I have to write two and three right and the object of that one is just to see how far you can go right until you lose concentration yeah so I went for like fifty three seconds on my first try and then it says oh someone in the twenty should try to aim for a minute and fifty seconds before they lose concentration. And I'm like, huh, interesting. I guess I, I <laughs> can't. I'm like, huh? I guess I, I guess at 50 seconds, I just couldn't concentrate. So I did anymore. thing, and I was like, interesting. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> then it also has its own achievement system. Like, yeah. You don't really realize it until like you get a certificate that's all nice and embroidered on the side, and you okay. even have a signature, and it says like, oh, you get, you are awarded this for completing this, and has your name. And everything. so it sounds pretty flushed out. It's very. Fit, Would you yeah. say compared to the original Brain Age, that's harder? Because that was the whole purpose. In Japan, it was called Devilish Training. like, And it has the Devilish Training mode, so I feel like the goal was to be harder. Is it? Yeah, it's definitely harder. Uh, what, like I the think, one, two, three back is really where... It- I think um, it started... I started really realizing how hard it is today. Because you have this... Um, on every account you create, you get a, a brain grade. I forgot what it's called. I think. Well, brain you get, Age? No, you get a grade. Oh. It's like a... You start with an F. And the better you do on the Devilish Training Minigames, you get, like, experience. Like, it fills up a little bar, and when you fill it up all the way, you go up a grade. Mm-hmm. And at first, the, the bar would just fill up normally, and, okay, everything's fine. But today, I didn't do as well on my on my matching card flip-em-over minigame. Mm-hmm. And my brain grade actually went down. Like, I didn't know I could actually... Oh, actually, it fluctuates? I didn't know I could lose experience for not Ooh. scoring as high as I did yeah. yesterday. So now, like... I'm afraid to play this and game since now. I, And since on the other minigames, I scored as high as I could possibly score for the time being. Like, I kind of reached my yeah. my limit. Like, if I do anything less, I'm just going to keep getting penalized. So, I'm going to have to... Now I'm afraid to buy this, because it's going to be like, I don't want to be told I'm it's getting like, worse. Yeah. And, oh, I definitely don't regret buying it. I really, really... And you got it off the eShop, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I just... I literally... I don't know. I was watching a movie with my friends, and then I got the email. 
And then I'm like, oh, well, this game is out already? I didn't know when it was going to come out. They haven't been publicizing it at all. And we then, had this conversation. Yeah, and then the moment it was out, I'm like, oh, I'll use my gift card and just downloaded yeah. it. Yeah. And I don't, know, I don't think I've ever considered buying it in retail. Just because since I knew I would be playing it for five minutes every single day, yeah. I don't want to keep popping my game in and out. And it definitely feels really appish. I mean, it's just something you just play for a little bit and leave it. I feel I it, wish it was like like 30, to 30 right? Yeah. I really wish if it was an eShop game, it'd be 20 Oh. I don't know, 30 just sounds like, at that point, it's like, I want a box. Like, oh. I seriously, I was playing by it as a download. We even said last, I even said last episode, I'd probably get it as a download. But now I'm like, man, for 30 yeah, bucks, it, I want, like, the whole package. Yeah, but I feel like it has enough content to, like, yeah. support the 30 bucks. I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I'm going to buy the box version. Because I'm weird. I don't know, I don't think it'd be worth getting it in the box version. I feel like I'm going to do it but, anyway, because I'm weird. I mean, you would know you own the game, but I still feel like I'm going to do it. Yeah, but, um... <laughs> I, yeah. I guess it depends on how long you see yourself playing it. If you don't think you're going to play it for that long, then there's really no point in yeah. downloading it. I mean, and buying. I mean, then there's more reason to buy the box version because yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Um. But overall, compared to the original Brain Age, better or worse? Oh, way better. Way better. Yeah, I mean, you it's, could, I guess it's more game-like in a way. Because yeah, it has, like, this dynamic, it grades you. It doesn't give the brain age, but it has the grade and it has the dynamic yeah, scaling. And then, and then he also gives you little seminars in between. It's like, oh, today's my seminar on this. And then I do like how he lesson. talks now. I really do like and how he And then he asks me, do I talk too much? If I talk too much, you could hold down the A button or whatever, <laughs> and then I'll fast forward. Right, and then right. He'll fast forward. And then, does or, it, wait, when they fast forward, does his voice go all quick, too? Or is yeah, it, it goes all, like, squeaky. Yes. And then, um, and if you're tired of seeing his face, you could also turn off his face completely and you just see, like, what is floating, weird having floating a... glasses. That's so great. So, yeah. So great. Uh, so, you'd recommend it? I would definitely recommend it. If you like those kind of games. Right, if you're I mean, into Brain Age, basically. Yeah. Yeah, because it is a I kind mean, of I, specific I mean, pro- It's not really a game in the traditional sense. Like, the original Brain Age was fun, but you can't compare it to, like, Zelda or Mario. I mean, or that, like, Animal Crossing, I could see myself playing for a really long yeah. time. Except Animal Crossing, I would want to get the box, even... Oh man, see for Animal Crossing, I want to get the box because it's Animal Crossing, but I would rather have it as a download. Yeah. Because for the same reason, I can, I'm only going to play for like a few minutes a day. Yeah. But every day. Yeah, I don't know. I just like, I just have this weird thing. It's true. It's also brainage, I don't know. It's, tr- it's true with CDs too. Like I like having a physical thing. I don't, not to say I don't download music, I do, but I mean like with a band I really like or something, I like having the physical thing. Like if it's a company's game that, like a game by a company I like, like Nintendo, I like having a physical Thing. I guess I like the collecting aspect of it to some extent. Oh. I don't know. But yeah, that that's neither here nor there since I haven't even bought the game, so I can't really give impressions. So Brain Age recommend. What about Puddle for Wii U? It's a for those who may not know, Puddle is a um physics based right? Yeah. Physics based like plot two D super monkey ball <laughs> plot puzzle game. It's like fluidity on Wii or fluidity spin cycle on Wii on a three DS eShop. But it's not. It's not from Nintendo. It's from Neko Entertainment, and it's what eight bucks. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty yeah. cheap. It's actually cheaper than Fluidity. And it supports off TV play. <laughs> it has off TV play. Yeah. So basically, that game. Yeah. How is that? What What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? That game. I... <laughs> that game. <laughs> that game. Um. So far, it's pretty fun. I'll say it's fun. Of like on the third world. You sound hesitant. Well, no, it's because um, the physics in it, while they do feel like water physics. I feel like they're a lot slower than they should be. Well, it's not just water. Isn't, isn't it like goop? No, well, well I mean, I, I've only played as water and oh. a weird acid. And, I don't know, sometimes it just feels too slow, but I got used to the slowness. And now right. it just feels in a kind of 
And that feels more relaxing than anything. So if anything, I kind of got used you know to it. I actually like it now. Of, you know it's kind of therapeutic. It's like <laughs> when you don't, it's a nice distraction from all these high velocity games. You just want to relax and play a nice little water puzzle game. Right. But You know what it reminds me? I remember Mercury. I think it was for PSP. Oh, and that came out on Wii. that game was cool. Yeah, it feels more like Mercury than Fluidity now that I think about it. Just watching the footage. Just from a 2D. It's like 2D Mercury. Yeah, it's like 2D Mercury. But, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's more like 2D Mercury than anything. But, um, it has... I mean, I do like the even if they are a little slow, and you, I mean, you yeah. do get used to it. You will get used to it. The controls are still very responsive. I found you could play with buttons. You could play with the analog. You could even play with gyro. Mm-hmm. And I personally prefer to play with gyro. And... I don't know, you feel like you have total control of the water, and it has a lot of little, I don't know, nice little traps and things to keep you, like, from over-tilting it, because sometimes, like, the first few levels, you just want to reach maximum velocity, and there aren't that many obstacles, per se, just a bunch of twists and turns. Yeah. But eventually, they start putting, like, little walls where if you're tilting it way too much, you're going to go over a jump, and the place where you have to land is a few inches away from the wall, Mm -hmm. so if you hit the wall, you're going to fall down into, like, a little fire pit, and you're going to evaporate right right because you're water yeah and eventually like right now i'm playing as acid and if i touch certain types of trees or foliage they'll disintegrate and disappear like getting rid of obstacles and there's other kinds of plants that will dissolve me yeah oh wait yeah that's right i'm i'm like a herbicide so yeah so that makes sense that makes sense that does make sense yeah, so it's, it's really cool. So are, are all the worlds kind of the same graphic style? Because I know in the trailer they show like some crazy graphics. Like it goes into it like turns into like Photoshop filters. Uh, <laughs> no, so far, yeah, so far no, it's been no, pretty tame. Well, they're different, but I mean, if you're in one world, they all look the same. Every level in that world will look the same until you go to a different area. Right. Right. So you start off in an office in the sewer, so you're gonna have to get used to just seeing a bunch of pipes, mm-hmm. with the same mm-hmm. background. Mm-hmm. But. You're kind of fixated on looking at the water the whole time. Not and the that, that makes sense. So it doesn't, yeah. I mean, it's just like the backgrounds in a fighting game. Like, sure, right. they're nice to look at in the beginning, but after a while, they become irrelevant. Right, gotcha. So, no, no, it's it's really fun. I would really recommend it for anyone that just wants a... Relaxing water puzzle yeah, game, just, as you put it. Yeah, just, just like a, a slow-paced puzzle game. Like, something that, yeah. you don't, I mean, yeah, you don't really feel under that much pressure. Uh, well, Even you, on one level... Where you're actually being timed the whole time, you don't really feel like you're under that much pressure. You know, another game, again, the way you're describing it, it kind of seems like a water version of Night Sky for 3DS. How would, the, how would those two compare? Would oh, yeah, that's a, that's a really good comparison. Thank you. Because Night Sky, like, it has some of its hard time to do puzzles, Night Sky has that but, relaxing aspect. But it's just fun. It's not really, yeah. like, yeah, it's just relaxing. It's like a so game basically, you just want to like, unwind. So if, you, so if you like Night Sky, you'll like Puddle. <laughs> puddle. If you like Night Sky, you will like Puddle. Yeah you, you, yeah, you would play Puddle right after a session of, I don't know, Black Ops 2, if you have it on the Wii U or something. Yeah. Or before. It's a good you, counterbalance, yeah. Yeah, it's a really nice And it's cheap. It's like, what, it's, what, the cheapest eShop game? One of the cheapest eShop games on the yeah. Wii U, for sure. I mean, 8 bucks, 7 bucks, whatever it is. Yeah. Seven ninety nine. so yeah, 8 bucks. Yeah, yeah, 8 bucks. I don't know. It's fun. And I really like the water. I mean, water, the slow water physics aside, I like how the water, like, when it hits a wall or when it right. gets disrupted by something, it splatters all over. And, well, yeah. And, and then you'll, It'd be weird if it didn't, if it just, like, went... Well, I mean, well, just, like, well, well, yeah, I mean, like, it, it's always <laughs> yeah. going to, but just, like, the way it looks, like, I mean, they did do a good job handling right, it. Right, right. And it does have, like, its own little achievement system. Like, every game right now is having... Mm-hmm. Every game so far. And it does have off-TV plays. So. Yeah. Any other Wii U unique features? Because, I mean, it was released on other download services, like, a year ago. No, not that I can think of. Can you use the gyro to control it? Well, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's what I said. Like, I've been playing with the gyro the whole time. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. See, jet lag. What did I tell you? Oh. 
Yeah. I know this. Uh, this excuse only works this episode. In two weeks, when we have our next episode, I'm like jet lag. Everyone be like, no, no, Jason, not not valid. No. But so 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 two for two with your recommendations, Brain Age and Puddle. Yeah, two good games for the price of um, thirty-seven, thirty-eight bucks. Yeah, tax. <laughs> you have to do that math in your head. No, no tax. Just download. For there's no tax on downloads in California. I thought there were for the eShop for the so. 3DS. I've never been taxed. Oh, maybe. I hope not. Yeah, well, either way. Recently, either way, switching gears a bit. We've done one of these before, but not only have we been playing things, we've been reading things. So we're going to do what we're reading. And I can finally give impressions of something, because this happened before I left. Because literally, I, I think I said this at the top of the show, but literally, I got off a plane and came here to record. So I'm like, I... I would we I putting together the podcast and all the news and whatnot on the plane. Like it is all like very fresh to me. But one thing I gotta do before I left was um Hyrule Historia came out. Mm. It's the very awesome uh Zelda anthology, encyclopedia, whatever you wanna call it. Two hundred plus pages, almost three hundred pages, full color, hardcover, very shiny cover. Number one New York Times bestseller. Very, very tall. Number one New York Times bestseller in the hardcover miscellaneous and advice section. And mm-hmm. number one Wall Street Journal bestseller. But still, it's bestseller. New York Times bestseller. You ever think you'd be able to say that about Zelda's anything? But, um, yeah. So it's, it's a book. And it's really good. It has a lot of interesting insight into the Zelda franchise. I really enjoyed reading through it. I, I was actually reading through it. They translated everything like meticulously. It's not just they translated the text on the Japanese version. They went into each individual sketch that each developer or concept artist or whoever submitted for the book in Japan and replaced the Japanese writing with itty bitty English text. Like sometimes so small you can barely read it, but they went in there and translated everything. Wow. And it's I don't know if you noticed that. Like everything's translated. There's no Japanese anywhere in that book. Oh wow. It's really good. And there's also very interesting things like the timeline section is super interesting. Yeah, it's they, like, whoa, Link was going to look like that in, in yeah, uh, Wind and, Waker? Yeah, <laughs> and like, wait, look, actually, the funny thing about Wind Waker is that it's kind of an expansion of something they released in Japan, but not in America, called Zelda Box, which it was, it came out around the time of Wind Waker. It came with two figurines, one of Link, one of a Moblin. It came with a CD soundtrack of best Zelda tunes. It came with a booklet of Wind Waker concept art, which is separate from the concept art in Hyrule Historia. I actually have a Zelda Box. I am the Zelda box, whatever it's called. I imported it from Japan. And it's a cool little thing, and the book was definitely cool, but the, like, the Wait, production... Wait, so that thing you used with the black and the triforce? Yeah. yeah. Oh. In the box? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the rectangular box. The Zelda box? Like... The Zelda yeah, Zelda box. box. Yeah. But no, this, like, the Hyros Historia blows that out of the water in terms of production quality. I mean, like, like I started to say about timeline, it's just, they don't only have, they don't only have, here's, the timeline splits in three different ways. Um, that's, could be a whole nother debate about whether that's a good thing or not. But, um, so they not only have those three timelines, but then they have like 10, 15 pages about each timeline. And literally the narrative, it's like, if this happened, then Link did it. And it's like a full breakdown. It's like a third of the book. It's just the timeline. It's really cool. And then they have the first third, which is all about like, um... actually, let me just grab the book. Mind if I grab it off your shelf? Why not? You already did it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, oh yeah, the first section, I just can't remember how it is. Yeah, it, yeah, the first section is all Skyward Sword. They talk about they have like they have some cool things like they talk about some of the NPC characters in the town and they even have pictures of ones that never saw the light of day for whatever reason. And then there's a second section about like I said about the um, timeline. And then the whole third section is all concept art from the other games, which is where your Wind Waker comic comes. Yeah, up. and then it ended up and then with, it a nice with a manga. manga. Yeah, with the manga at the very back. But it's a really high quality 
book. And an interesting thing is the the people that made it actually worked with the people that did the fan translation of the Japanese version. So it's like a collaboration between the fans and the creators. Uh-huh. And Nintendo, you know, approved pretty much everything every step along the way, make sure it was accurate. So it, it's a really cool book. It's also very large. Yeah. Like not just two hundred some odd pages. It like physically, it's very tall. Which I know. Like, before we saw pictures of, which you started to yeah. say before I cut you off. Yeah. I don't know. Before we saw pictures of like it at um, Nintendo World Store in New York. Like I thought it was gonna be about the size of a on like a DVD case. No, no, I thought it'd be a bit bigger. I thought it'd be the size of like a standard notebook. But it's like it's literally like an encyclopedia. Yeah, it's huge. It's really nice. It's really high quality too. Like it's yeah, everything's it, it very feels like it could take a when lot of you abuse, op- but it yeah, <laughs> when you open the book for the first time, like I haven't had this like smell in a long time but when you open the book for the first time it's like whoa it's like i stepped into a library like it's really like it feels like a very high quality product and there's a limited edition one that's super super limited actually that uh it's a leather bound or faux leather bound front that's brown it has gold leaf pages so if you it's really hard to find there's only four thousand being made but this one dark horse comics are the people that produced it or dark horse books which is the subdivision of dark horse comics they produced it and they're actually working really quickly to produce more of them to meet demand since it's been number one seller on amazon for weeks yes really number one selling books on amazon yeah it was only 20 bucks it's because it's on sale through amazon it's on like i said new york times and wall street journal bestseller basically the takeaway is if you're a zelda fan at all you need to pick up this book because it's just it's just interesting whether you're interested in the timeline, whether you're interested in Skyward Sword concept art, or whether you're interested in seeing some other concept art from every other game in the Zelda franchise. Like, you really can't do wrong. If you like any Zelda game, you will like this book. There's something in there for you. It's really good. Yeah. And it's very unusual for Nintendo to let something like this be released, and I really hope it's the start of more stuff like this in the future. I hope Nintendo sees the demand for this and goes, hey, there's a market for this sort of stuff. We should release more of these unique collectibles here. Because Japan has tons of it, like Zelda Box. Yeah. Or, like, all the soundtracks. Yeah, There's a five-CD Fire Emblem soundtrack. Fire Emblem Awakening soundtrack in Japan. It will never see a live day here. But maybe... There is an art book, actually, for Fire Emblem Awakening in Japan. Not the one that came with GameStop pre-orders here. Like, a full-bound, fully-bound hardcover art book. Oh, wow. Like, those Capcom ones that Udon does. You know, like, yeah, the Street Art or Street Fire. Yeah. yeah, I wish Nintendo would do more of that. It, as, I don't know. I should do one for Metroid. Yeah, one for Metroid, one for Mario, even. Uh, Mario would be a little weird because you know more cartoony. But even if they did like, I don't know. Even if they Metroid. did, yeah, I guess just Metroid. But even if they started releasing like collectible soundtrack CDs or stuff, there's so much possible. There's so many possibilities what Nintendo could do. And I really hope Hyrule Historia shows them that there's demand for it because there is. Yeah. And there. with that said, if you are a like I said, if you're a Zelda fan, I don't get it now. While you can still get, get it for it. twenty bucks, get it, get it, get it. It's worth. I it. mean, it's, it's worth it. It's worth the full thirty-five. But if you hop on Amazon right now and you get it for twenty, it's, it's definitely a steal. Like it's well, 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 well worth that price. Unarguable. Yep. And on that note, since we can't argue it, I think that pretty much concludes uh, episode thirty-six of the Round Tail Podcast. A uh, couple things of note: we will be back to our you. First of all. Thank you for your patience with this late episode. We got up as quickly as we could. That's the only reason I'm doing this jet lag. It's, it's for you guys out there. So, high five through the microphone. Um, yeah, we're going to be back to our usual Sunday posting schedule with our next episode. So you can expect to see that on February 24th. And with that episode, we will for real this time have our Fire Emblem impressions, I hope. Um, along with, of course, all the latest Nintendo news and impressions of other games. There's some games that we've kind of been keeping on the back burner that maybe we could finally focus on. 
uh, Nanosant Neo comes to mind. Uh, also, I encourage you, if you haven't already, head over to RamTown.com to check out the extras we have. Those are the articles, the editorials, the miscellaneous things we do that aren't podcasts. For example, last week I posted um, an article, Invasion of the Crossovers, where uh, we talked about this last episode, but where I looked at history of crossover games, where they're going from here, and a bit min- little mini previews of three big ones coming to Nintendo systems. And coming up in the coming weeks, we're also going to have volume two of our flashback series, which is where we combine custom artwork by Jose here with uh, our favorite, with our, you know, with some written words about our favorite games. Like the first one. Yeah, exactly like the first one. This one's going to be, the first one was Super Nintendo. If you haven't checked that out, once again, it's on the site, flashback volume one, Super NES. Volume 2 is going to be Game Boy, right? Yeah, just yeah. the Game Boy journey. Game Boy Game and Boy, Game Boy Color. Yeah, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Pocket. Yeah, well, Game Boy Pocket, just to read sign oh, it. Yeah, yeah, same difference. Yeah. But yeah, so we're going to have that coming up soon, so keep an eye out for that on the site. And also, if you're already on the site, uh, head over to the blog post for this episode, episode 36. Um, wow, I totally blanked on the name of the episode. Of this episode? Yeah, I just completely blanked out. Oh, Made from Concentration. I have no concentration right now. Yeah, episode 36, now with no concentration. <laughs> yeah, episode 36, made from concentration. Head over there. Uh, feel free to leave us a comment what you think about the episode, what you think about my jet lag and how horrible it is for the podcast as a whole. Um, you know, what's your take? We want to hear your take, if you're willing to share, your take on Nintendo's Wii U situation and third parties bailing ship and if it's doom, if we're being too doom and gloom, if we're being too optimistic. What's your take on it? And also, when you're there, if you want links to anything we discuss, the games, the Hyrule Historia book, and the news, we have them all listed with timestamps to show you exactly where they were talked about on the show. Of course, as we always do, we also encourage you to uh, follow us on Twitter at RamNintendo, subscribe to us on iTunes, just search for RamNintendo, and follow Jose and myself on Miiverse. Jose, or friend us, your, the, the choice is truly yours. Uh, Jose is Wero, W-E-I-R. Wait, W-E-I-R-O underscore O, and I'm Jason R, which is just Jason in the letter R. Uh, yeah, so that pretty much does it for this episode of the podcast. I'm going to go sleep and readjust to being on this side of the world. And, okay, anything? Yeah, All right, we'll see you guys in two weeks.